Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans, and welcome to the Sports Offensive. We're so happy to have you with us this morning, and happy draft day weekend. If you're not drafting this weekend... You must have already drafted because the season starts on Thursday and the games will be in full swing. Of course, we've already had two games over in Japan, but hey, let's not count those yet. It's not a full opening day. It is also the first weekend of the NCAA March Madness. So quite a weekend. It's one of those weekends that are going to be very full. Lots of drinking, lots of smoking, lots of TV watching, lots of gambling. Uh, Duke did win me some money last night, so I'm happy about that. It's the only thing I'll ever say good about Duke is win me money. Other than that, I hope they crash and burn every single game they play. <laughs> want to welcome in our co-hosts here. And uh, JP, why don't you jump into our sports trivia question of the day of uh, the week? Okay. Well, thank you very much there, Mark. Um, I am very happy to be up here today, and I uh, just wanted to turn that one up just a little bit, sound a little bit soft there. <laughs> uh, by the way, the UC Irvine Anteaters, baby, had them picked as my, one of my three upsets. I love it. So, but here, let's get into the, the uh, J.A. Morant. John Morant scored a triple-double, first person since 2012 to hit a triple-double. Who was that person? What team did he play for? And do you know what the points, rebounds, and assists were? So the last player to hit a triple-double, and there's, I think, been 16 total in, in tournament history, uh, was 2012. Um, name the player, the team he played for, and if you can, the points and the rebounds and the assists. Oh, wow. I won't be able to guess on who it is because I saw who it was. Um, it was opposed up on the up yeah. on a ticker. Um, and yeah. I believe the previous person to do it did it twice. Is that correct? He did. Excellent. Okay, twice so. that year? Or just uh, twice? No, twice. No, he did it two different the, times. Yeah, he did it the year before and 2012. Okay. But if, if uh, but guessing the number of each thing would be fantastically difficult. And so that'd be fun to try. I'll tell you what. It's actually kind of interesting because this is not a guy known for triple doubles. And to actually have him go back-to-back years with a triple-double in the NCAA tournament is kind of interesting. Huh. Just, just find out how important that player really is to that team's success when it comes out of crunch time, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like when Carmelo took over every single game that Syracuse played in, right? Yeah. Oh, to yeah. take him to the title. Also want to right, welcome in Nate Dog from uh, down – well, not quite as far south as JP, but from down south uh, nonetheless in, in a Mexico town. How was your drive up, Nate? Mexico town. What? <laughs> That's, it seems like Mexico town when you drive through it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, is he, he's like putting the boxing gloves on this morning right out of the cave here. <laughs> I've, just, I've driven there a number of times. I know what I drive through. Little Havana. Yeah, there, it, it's a pretty uh, ethnic neighborhood for sure. And hey, uh, everyone knows that I love the Latinos, so there's no, there's no sort of diss going on there. <laughs> 
Yeah, that sounds like a neighborhood you'd want to move into then. <laughs> um, guys, happy to be here this morning. Uh, really excited to get into some sports. Uh, Mark mentioned the uh, Final Four March Madness uh, kicking off this week, and just as fun as it as it always is. Uh, we had some uh, some surprises. We had an almost number one losing again. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to jump into it. See what we got. How wild would that be if a number one seed lost two years in a row? The same number the one same seed. The same number. That's the key, and right? And I tell you what, I was sitting there at my desk at work going, you bastards. I was like, <laughs> the one thing they won't do this year is choke because they're going to want to make up for last year. Right. So they're going to go deep into the tournament. And it's like, uh, if you guys lose, there goes my whole bracket. Well, they're a much better scoring team. They were 30th in scoring in the NC2A last year. They're number two in scoring, number one in defense this year. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Boy, those oh. stats, you would think they should be almost unbeaten. You know? You'd think so, but they're playing in that. Well, they don't have a lot of cream They don't have a ton of losses. They don't. No, no, no. They lost to Duke twice, right? Uh, I think both losses to Duke. I believe it was both losses to Duke. Um, and then one other loss, I think. I think it was only three losses. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't very many. Well, I'm sorry. It was three before the tournaments started. And so I don't know if, if, if you – do they count the the NCAA tournament qualifier and the conference tournament? Do those count towards their record? The uh, qualifier does not, but I believe the conference tourney does count towards their record. But so JP, they, maybe you know So they better. must have at least one more loss. I don't know. They didn't win their conference. No, they right. did yeah. That's what I'm Duke saying. Duke won by yeah. one over UNC yeah. in the, in yeah. the conference yeah. championship. So if any of you out there want to try and answer that trivia question, it's one of the better ones we've had in a while, you can reach us at 929-477-3204. You can also do us a huge favor, help us get some exposure by going and liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. You can do both at the handle at the SPT Offensive. You can find us on Instagram under the handle the Sports Offensive with underscores between the words. You can also head over to our station website, the Sports offensive.com you can learn about us and our shows and listen to current and prior episodes again at the sportsoffensive.com you can also catch our two fantasy baseball specials we have up there for you if you're drafting this weekend if you've got about three hours to put a put a uh, put on the line or, or that you can waste uh we cover pitching we cover draft strategy we cover a lot of sleepers and we cover a lot of under and over value players stuff that might actually help you win your league you don't need tiers um, from someone else to help you win your league because you can find a tier anywhere online and the players won't be that different. So again, we've got two different episodes on fancy baseball. You can catch on blog talk radio and I'll make sure that they're both up on the sports offensive by this afternoon. You can find us on demand anytime at blog talk radio, tune in, iHeart, stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast. And again, if you want to call in nine, two, nine, four, seven, seven, three, two, zero, four JP, you found an answer. Yeah. I've got the uh, record for the Virginia Cavaliers. They got swept by Duke, um, 81, 71. They got, uh, beat 72, 70 and Florida state, very tough team. So beat them. And I know that you think Florida State's kind of a dark horse danger team. They do. They've got some bigs. They could stretch the floor. And unfortunately, uh, Murray State did did get them in the draw here in the next round, which I wish Murray State would have a have a, a better, a different team to play because I'm not sure Murray State can hang with Florida State here in the second They're round. They're so athletic, JP. I know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Morant is incredible. And if there's anybody that can, you know, up his, the level of his team's play, I think he's that guy. But uh, they are certainly going to have their hands full with they, those They guards. definitely will. And I think uh, I've been talking about Moran now for about – 
three months now. And I think the one that put him on the map, I think I got it up on my Facebook page this morning. I didn't really check after I tried to share it, but it's him dunking on someone. He jumped over someone to dunk in a game. <laughs> so Yeah, he's an incredible player. Wow. And yet for the one millionth time, I dream of how nice it would be to be A, six foot, and B, be somewhat athletic. It would just be – I just can't even imagine what life is like to be an athlete. Can you imagine going out and running and having it be like a free and smooth and gliding experience? Like when you watch people who are athletic run. Like remember Brian Barnes, the outfielder for us in the softball? I mean, you watch this guy run. He's like a gazelle. I mean, he covers – he probably can cover – I bet you he could run a football field in as few strides as anybody on the planet. I mean, he just – he just he, I mean, he covers so much ground. He can cover from the left field line and he's all a, the way to right center field. Not a small guy either. Huge guy. Yeah. Very stock, you know, like not stocky, but very thick. He, like and, a tight uh, end. Like a tight end. Yeah, that guy could cause havoc if he really wanted to. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, but he's probably the nicest human being in the world. But uh, it's just – But, yeah, his uh, athleticism is – above and beyond anything you know it was a bunch of beer you know it was a beer softball league that uh-huh. we played in for years right and you know most of us are scrubs and <laughs> you know i played some baseball in high school maybe a few of us yeah but, we all love baseball you know, and, and, and softball but we had some pretty top end talent in the league for a number of years but then yeah when we added him and then we had this guy ty that would play with us once in a while i mean those those two guys were just unbelievably talented yeah that that you second know, guy actually gifted. played for the rockies farm system so yeah when uh, they're when the ball comes out of their hand when they're throwing it i mean barnes just had a cannon i'd still say the best arm i ever saw was when we had tk uh, who played third base for us. And because I played catcher a lot, I got to see all of his throws kind of up close. And that guy would just fire missiles without <laughs> – and it wasn't the, how fast he threw the ball, which was incredibly fast. It was how little arm movement was involved. An and effort. Yeah. I mean, you're just like – that's how, just how strong his tendons must have been for him to do that. And I mean, obviously, he, lifted, he lifts quite a bit. And so he was a pretty – he was very accurate. Very oh man he never threw the ball away and if he, if a ball got by him it was like everybody kind of like got stunned for a second yeah. like the outfit would be like oh I got to run after the ball it's like you know he I don't think they saw he like a, three balls get by oh, him in he six was a years vacuum cleaner yeah. yeah he was like uh, like uh, Brooks Robinson pretty much I mean the guy is unbelievable Nolan talent. Arenado but anyway I was just thinking you know you think about how nice it would be like if I go run like when I was running last year a lot and I'm looking forward to doing it coming here now that the sun's out later and it's getting warm but you know it every step is hard. It's prodding. It's like, it's like my, my body's not made to run. Even when I was like in significantly better shape, my body wasn't made to run. But then All you right. see those guys just glide. And so looking forward to seeing and, that in baseball. Yeah, man. I, I'm just excited to see that uh, the season open up. So, JP, tell us about what, what's going on with the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. So, you know, I didn't actually uh, – Marcus put this one up oh, here. I didn't okay. even actually see this one come across my ticker. I've been paying so much attention to the NC2A, uh, but uh, obviously Humboldt, uh, they, they had the bus crash up there in, um, uh, what is uh, all the way up to Saskatchewan uh, last year, 16 killed, 13 injured. In fact, I think one of the players just got out of the hospital about two months ago. Um, but um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name, but the guy that was driving the truck, <laughs> um, I, I'll pronounce it. Jeff Carrot Sadahu, Sadahu got eight years in prison. Um, he he was driving the truck that did cause the crash. Um, there was no alcohol in use. This is a very very remote part of Canada. 
mm-hmm. um, when you get there. These kids that go up there to play in the junior leagues and so on and so forth to these teams. And there's some there's American players that go up there too. It's another way to get into college or get seen by the pro scouts or or the AHL, the ECL, where you, the Colorado Eagles play. Um, they go on long six hour bus trips. And if anyone's been through Canada driving. There's really not a lot there sometimes when you go out of the town. So, uh, so is that what happened? I mean, was it, I don't know really the details of the case. Did the guy fall asleep at the wheel? I was just about trying to pull this one up because I saw this one this morning when, when no I alcohol pulled up. involved. So no. And it was like, he was the first person convicted for a long-term sentence off of this new law they have, which like, uh, not distracted driving, but is it to combat text and drive, probably? I, I don't know that many details. I mean, I didn't have that much time to read into the yeah. story. And they didn't put a ton of details outside of his sentencing. Okay. I'm just so, curious. I wonder what caused it. Right. I, my guess would be either, A, yeah, he was on some kind of a you know phone or something like that, distracting him. Or he, like you said, he could oh. have fallen asleep. But I don't think falling asleep, that, I don't think they usually give. Wasn't he looking sentences. at, wasn't he looking at uh, Zillow or something like that? Yeah, now I kind of I kind of forget. Be. I did hear this the original story briefly, but anyway, uh kind of that's just a terrible thing that that's happened. Um sorry, my mic's a little off too, guys. Will you turn me you up want just your a game touch up a little bit? Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that I mean, wow, what a what a horrible thing to happen. Um I don't know. I you hate to throw the book at the guy, but I I don't know what he was doing, you know. If he was <laughs> if he was texting or uh, looking at the internet, it's hard to feel bad for him. Well, but. and you think about how many times you see that a person, you know, gets does some kind of manslaughter and they don't really get a punishment, like Bruce Jenner or uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Remember, she hitting that she got she hit somebody and killed him, and it wasn't that long ago. And and I don't remember them getting any kind of sentence. Maybe it hasn't been done yet. Oh, but, Jim Beheim. What did he get for? He didn't get in any trouble, though. He, no, he was actually... He ran over the guy, right? Yeah, he, he, oh, he, right. he did. There was no wrongdoing in the crash. He got clear to everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading this right now because, like I said, with the with the tournament going on, this didn't really come out uh, that much in the news. Um, it said... It, it looks like he drove 60 miles an hour past five signs warning him to stop before the truck collided with the bus carrying the team. Well, that's not. What do you mean, warning? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's being very vague. (laughs) Hmm. This happened in Saskatchewan, just like I thought, which is uh, the province of Ottawa. Yeah. Um, it's it's being very very vague on here. The 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 truck was was carrying um peat moss, and it's it's this this article. This is um the New York Times. It's being very very vague. Well, Canadian authorities might not be so in love with. uh... Laying out gory details and things like that. I do know 16 people died and 12 people were injured. And uh, eight years is not a short amount of time. And I don't know how it works in Canada. I don't know if you get out a lot of times early on good behavior or how much time you lose on good behavior. I don't even like that people get reduced time for, for good behavior. Now, if you have accomplished certain things, if you've gotten certain degrees or you know done some, some stuff like that, I can kind of get it. But the reason we do it, I think, is just the fact that we don't have enough room in our prisons. Okay, so so I just read a little bit lower in here, just to give you a little bit a uh, little bit more. It says that um, he was distracted by a flapping, um, a flapping tarp on one of the on one of the trailers. So it sounds like a two trailer uh, tractor trailer that he was driving. He was distracted by that, ran through a oversized stop sign, and hit the bus that was stopped at the stop sign. 
is what it's oh, saying. Oh, it hit right? a stopped car. That's yeah, that, that's what it, it's that's what it's saying right here. So um, I wonder if it was like driving on a road that like was didn't have any signals or anything like that, and then it came up to a stop sign, and he just was like not like he didn't realize that there was ever going to be a signal coming up. That's what it sounds like. Like I said, this was really yeah. in the middle of nowhere because I remember the some of the pictures from the crash. I mean, they were way outside. I of mean, you know, it's like driving through Wyoming. Sometimes you oh, don't yeah. see a light for yeah. sixty-four miles. So you know, I, I'm not trying to excuse this guy. I don't. No, you know, no, no. Obviously, if they convicted him. I don't think that was so done lightly. It, it's, it, there's no alcohol or drugs involved. It's a case of distracted driving. It's very unfortunate because it, it pretty much wiped down a whole hockey team, right. your hockey team in, in Canada. And they're very, very family-oriented. They bring the kids in. They have host families, so on and so forth. It's, it's really great stories when you go up there and you start hearing about some of the stories of these junior hockey teams and hockey clubs in Canada and how they really come about and all the traveling and the dedication they put in. So, I was going to say that the minor league hockey – programs up there are just like the minor league uh, baseball programs down here, right? Yeah, like, I mean, they yeah, are really yeah. a oh, big yeah. draw for mm-hmm. families. They are. Yep. So that's, you know, anyway, we just kind of wanted to, to just highlight that real quick. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully this, I, I don't know if this case will really stick in the mind of people so that they don't do the same type of thing because I don't think it was intentional at all, but maybe it'll, I don't know, add another warning system into the trucks or something. I, what do you really do? I, mean, I know my mom's car is a pretty advanced brand new car and it like, it tells you when there's someone in your blind spot by the mirror lighting up. And it says, uh, if you're starting to drift over the line, it like beeps at you. And like, you know, if you start to go over a median or start to hit the, the side, what, what do you call the side lane in our road? Like bike lane, kind the of shoulder, thing. the shoulder of yeah. the median. And then it'll warn you and shake it and stuff. Yeah. And if it feels like you're, your Those rumble bars kind of rumble strips. Yeah. yeah rumble strips. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we're never going to be able to stop it completely until we get AI. Yeah. My mom has one of those too. I was driving it when she was here uh, over Thanksgiving and it literally drove, the car literally drove itself. I mean, you just had to put your foot on the gas, but even then you could just put the cruise on, you know? So (laughs) if you, if you drifted at all over the line, it knew it. Oh, and And it started beeping and it would correct you. But it also, like, had some funky – it was, like, so new that it was still kind of trying to learn the patterns, I think, of the driver. Ah. And so, like, if you were trying to start off real quick, it wouldn't let you. It would, like, slow down, you know, and <laughs> like a – almost like a instant governor kind of. You've got a, a hair hanging I was going to say, oh, <laughs> I was going to say, did you notice that? Dude, we've got some strays that he forgot to trim over there. Dude, What's going on? My fucking dogs are shedding, like <laughs> – you wouldn't believe. I, I feel think, like I'll bet you that was Joanna's hair, though. That didn't look like a dog hair. Oh, it was hair. a Joanna. Oh, that was a pretty long hair. Yeah. Well, it was a thin hair, and thin dog hair, hairs yeah. are really kind of coarse and thick. So. Especially those dogs. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I'm actually thinking about is those dogs. And I I I had my experience sweeping up their hair a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I tell you what, man, in one day, enough to make a pillow. So how they grow hair that fast, <laughs> I enough, can't fathom. Enough to make another corgi. Well, it reminds me of uh, when they had Scout and Butters, right? Both those Akitas. Man, Scout, Brian would sometimes take the, he had like this kind of a, it looked like a comb, right? But it had kind of thin teeth, but they were. They I have like one of those. It's teeth, a Furminator. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I've had one of those. Great, right? It just scrapes all that, all the yeah. dead fur, all the empty, or the, the falling out fur. Yep. Man, he would just have these just clumps that were like the size of a basketball. We probably do that once a week with those guys. It's um, You can't keep up, man. And we can't figure out how to make it so men aren't bald. I mean, how is it that we cannot figure this out? Just well, why don't we do hair transplants with dog hair? I mean, think of how you wouldn't even need as much hair because it would cover so much easier. You know, I don't know. I could it's have just, a corgi fro. That'd be pretty fun. I tell you, man, Carl's got a handsome color of fur, man. 
That black, that's a nice black. That's an Italian black. You know what I saw last night for the first time? I saw my first episode of Deadwood. And you know what Carl's hair looks like? Just like the guy who owns the, the prostitution slash bar slash gambling casino slash uh, influential peddling store slash, you know, mortuary slash many, whatever many, else he does. How many slashes are we putting in here? <laughs> slash real estate. That's how many things I saw in the first two episodes. Good show, though, man. I've never seen that before. I haven't seen it. Highly recommend. Fantastic Great. show. Yeah, and you know, it's got the, the lead uh, the lead actor, and I think people know him a little bit more now, that Timothy Oliphant, I think his name mm-hmm. is. And I only ever knew him from uh, Girl Next Door that had that super hot, uh, what was her name? She's in like two movies, and then she disappeared. She's a Canadian, the really hot blonde that was in Girl Next Door. Where oh, she was a, she was a former Alicia Cuthbert. Is that what it is? Alicia Cuthbert? Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, but uh, that's the only movie I knew him from. But then he's been in now, but he was in Deadwood, I guess, before. And then I know he was in Justified after. And then he's been in, I think, a few more movies. since. Oh, he was in Die Hard. Liv Freed, Die Hard? He's in uh, Die Hard 4, I think. Dreamcatcher. Oh, he was. He was Pete, huh? Mm-hmm. Dreamcatcher. Boy, that was an awesome book that didn't quite become an awesome movie. Not a terrible movie, but it was a great book. Um you had a, you posted something here, and I had not heard this at all. So if you have extra details, please tell me about the skating incident. Okay, here. so this is um, <laughs> this is I'm not sure if it's junior or just I might be junior uh, world skating right now. They were warming up, and and the, the video of this is very grainy. They said there was really no wrongdoing, but U.S. figure skater Mariah Bell was involved in, with an incident with fellow competitor and rival Lim Un Su. Um, before some, I think is the world championships or world junior championships where she was going past with her skate blade in the air and actually hit her with her skate blade and sliced her open. Now, where this happened, um, this happened not in, in America because the video of this is, like I said, the video that I saw was very grainy. But like, where, where did she cut uh, it? It looked like it was on the arm from what I could tell because it was really hard to tell what was going on. They said there was no foul play or wrongdoing, but when you see it, it reminds you of Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Wow. It makes you think of uh, Blades of Glory. Yeah, do. Uh, they do that specialty <laughs> move and they almost chop each other's head off. Exactly. Yeah. So this did come across yesterday morning. It was really briefly, briefly brought up. And like I said, the video wasn't very good quality, so it was really hard to tell. But it did happen. They said there was no wrongdoing, but it did kind of bring up some old memories of, you know, Nancy Kerrigan oh, and man. Tanya Harding. The things that make the news, guys. Exactly. The things people will do <laughs> for a shot at fame. Mm-hmm. You know, it just goes to show you it's, it's people will do just about anything. So. Well, and then the thing is, is when you look at the video, um, Mariah Bell, the American girl, is very, very close with her skate all the way in the air when she's passing uh, the South Korean girl when she's doing this too. So it's one so of those. You think where you, maybe it was a taunt and then a reaction. I'm not really sure. Like I said, the video is so grainy um, and not very good quality that it's it's, it's so hard mm. to tell how close they are because it's taken from. Um, on the fan side of the boards when you're looking out at the ice. It's not taken from the ice looking at both of them. So it's you see the South Korean kind of right in front of you, and then you see Mariah Bell, the American, come out of kind of nowhere with her leg up in the air doing like a pirouette or whatever they call that move with the blade out. That thing's a weapon, man. It really is. I mean, you look at hockey players sometimes that get hit by that skate, and they're getting stitches anyway, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Uh, wow. Well... 
the chaotic world of figure skating <laughs> never yeah. fails to I, entertain. I figured that'd be a good wide world of sports one this that morning. Is, that is pretty funny. And I'd like to see Scott Hamilton make a comeback and and perform something shady like that. And then, you know, <laughs> uh huh. Right to the jugular. There you go. Uh, and guys, just to kind of tidy up the whole wild world of sports thing before we get into the tournament. Uh, Miller Coors files lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch over a Super Bowl ad. If you haven't seen it, uh, Miller Lite has their own commercial showing Anheuser-Busch actors drinking their Miller Lite. Yeah. Uh, it is a great commercial it is one of my favorites right now yeah you can find it uh i'm sure it's on youtube i've got it on youtube i just pulled it up you can find it on youtube uh it's the labeled under miller life basically um not the actual uh uh, actors that were in the super bowl ad but they brought this commercial line i believe on thursday for the tournament and it's basically the all the actors taking the break from the, the corn syrup commercial going over looking at the bud light and choosing miller light so we have a little feud going on here see the greatest thing about that kind of shade is that john oliver does this all the time on last week with john oliver where he will go find somebody that was in some kind of controversial commercial or controversial message and then bring them on doing the exact opposite on his show just to kind of show people it's all just an act guys it's just it's just to sell you stuff don't take it so seriously right right, right. right. <laughs> but uh, i was telling jp what is the mo- commercial you like the most that represents a product you absolutely have no desire to use oh boy I tricky mean, one huh that is a tricky one that would probably be the a one tampon I, would... I say so <laughs> they have tampon commercials <laughs> actually they do on huh? the wings uh, I mean but... they're all kind of light and fluffy and airy music but, but, and but, calm but, and... but what, what's your favorite commercial of something that you would never use like for me it's easily the, the most interesting man in the world the first commercial because I thought that was just a brilliant commercial but I think Dos Esquis tastes like crap I know a lot of people love it you know that, that I just, I just that's a good point like that that's a really good commercial but I would never drink a Dos Equis. yeah no I, I, and I know a lot of people who love Dos Equis. oh I do too I just it's just not my style I, I don't really like a hoppy you know yeah I was always a big fan of Spuds McKenzie and you won't catch me dead drinking a Bud <laughs> right <Yeah>. right <laughs> How much would they have to pay me to pick a Miller Lite over any of the other light beers? And I hate all the big-time light beers. Coors Light, Bud Light, you know, Miller Lite, they're all disgusting. Coors Light is the only one I can palate. I can stomach Coors Light because there's almost no flavor. So it's just like drinking carbonated water. Really. That's really weird. I, I sobered up no on, alcohol. So. I sobered up on Coors Light one night when we kicked the right? kegling. Right? That's we, what you do. When you're, getting, when you're getting we, too hammered, go to yeah. switch to Coors Light. We, we, we kicked the keg of gingling in uh, PA and got a keg of Coors Light because it was – it was on sale, oh, and man. I swear I sobered up. That's great. That's great. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if anybody saw this, but did you guys see that our governor is going to run for president? Oh, I love it. <laughs> but I mean, now, now, I mean, what a waste of money. <laughs> but what did he? What? 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 What party did he run for governor? I forget. Well, he's a Democrat. It is a Democrat. Okay. He, he doesn't govern as a Democrat. He I, governs as a conservative. Yeah, but I couldn't remember. I, I couldn't remember what he ran it because I mean, he's part. He was part owner of the Breckenridge Brewery. Right. Uh, he started it. Yeah, the wind, and then the wine coop, yeah, yeah, the wind coop, yeah, yep. made a ton of money off of that, and yeah. then and then cried about how marijuana shouldn't be made legal because it was going to cut into his profits. So yeah, we have a lot of respect for that guy out here, especially when he also overturned our fracking uh, votes to go ahead and let him go for the oil anywhere they wanted it, anywhere in the state, no matter how close it is to your house. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was hilarious that he actually thinks he has a shot. It's like Throwing don't you have to be known. <laughs> To win? Hey, with that, how many people are throwing their hat in right now? I mean, why don't we all throw our hat in? 
run on the stands of not having That's a stand. Not a bad idea, dude. <laughs> Probably have better ideas than most of them. Um, yeah, no kidding. So if you had to make a choice for flavor, which of the light beers would you pick? Any light beer in America? Well, it's a light beer for me. I I don't mind drinking a, a, a I, I call it a house red, a Budweiser. I don't mind a, a Budweiser. <laughs> I, I don't mind a Bud bottle. House red. We, we used to, in Vail, that's what they call it. They're like, I'll take a house red. You get, you get a Bud bottle and a shot of Jaeger on the that's side. awesome. So house red in the sidecar. That's what it was called at the tap room and, and, and most of the places in Vail a long time ago. But I don't mind drinking a Budweiser. You won't catch me drinking a Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that name, dude. House Red. House Red. Oh, I wish I Diarrhea liked them in a glass. You better believe Bud, it. Bud Light. Yeah. Which one's the champagne of beers? That's Miller. Miller. Or GD. It's isn't it? Or well, it's yeah, the highlight. It's, it's the highlight. Yeah, I was gonna say highlight. it's highlight. Yeah. Michelob is your hangover of beers. That could be the worst tasting yeah. beer ever. The Miller Light. Michelob. Oh, Michelob. Oh yeah. I don't I, know, man. MGD is freaking horrible yeah well oh i'll tell you gosh, what dude. i was i was at a i was at a frat party in college park maryland at the university of maryland and i reached into the bin and, and pulled down a peels and i threw it back a what a peels hmm. is that I, like meisterbrow or what i don't even remember anymore but all i know is i picked it up and i threw it back in i was like i ain't drinking wow. that thing i'll just never forget we used to always buy keystone um light at, when, I was, light, yeah. when i was at chico state and yep. it was always on sale. That's what we yeah. bought. We you get thirty stone light or nine ninety nine or or natty ice. Natty ice yeah. for like a thirty natty pack ice. was always on sale. Sure. Yes. Nine ninety nine for a thirty rack of bush light. I remember <laughs> yep. that. Oh bush light. Oh god, bush light. Oh god. I had that roommate Larry that drank that stuff. <laughs> he would show up. I don't I'll never forget the day he moved in and Anderson was getting ready to go on his sailing trip. And Brian opens the fridge, and they're sitting stacked on top of each other, two racks of, of bush light. And I was, he's like, oh, you drinking this weekend? And I was like, wow, those aren't mine. He's like, oh, good to see your roommate knows what he's doing. And I was like, oh, God, what did I get myself into? And I was like, not only is he going to get drunk as hell, he's doing it on shitty beer. But, you know, anyway. Uh, so jumping into the tournament, it's been a great tournament so far, I think. Yeah. Very good games. I mean, how many games have been decided by five points or less? And props, props, props to Bovada, man, or the odds makers in Vegas, because how close they have gotten to the spreads on these games is staggering. I mean, boy, if we could do that, no one, I mean, if we could come close, anywhere near that close, we'd be making a fortune. What was the ref's name that fixed games? Oh, Tim- good Timothy, job. Uh, Tim Mc, Mc, not McVeigh. <laughs> That was the uh, that was the Oklahoma City bomber. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost the same thing. Almost, you're, you're right in the same, same area, same, right there, same man. Same level of debauchery. Yeah. Uh, you're right in the same area. Hey, I corrected myself. Um, dang, what was that guy's name? I yeah. don't, I, I don't it's know. It's been a couple years. Well, anyway, well, the one where you used to try and make sure that the, the NCAA's king, the A's king must off. have a bunch of those guys out there. Maybe, man. But just, I mean, we had two number one seeds that were behind by more than double digits. Or, or and behind going into the second half, mm-hmm. we had Virginia just barely creep their way back out over the double digit. You know, uh, well, not loss. What do you say that double digit? They're down by double digits. Down by double digits. A comeback. Yeah, yeah. They, they were down at the, I, they were down at the half, if I remember right, by at least five or six. They were down, down at the half. Five, I think. Right, yeah. it was forty-one to forty-six. Yeah. I think. Uh, that's when I went into a meeting that I was into for the rest of the afternoon at work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, dude, if you tell me that I'm going to come back from this meeting and they have lost because also Kansas state was who I had facing off against, uh, uh, Virginia to get into the, I believe mm-hmm. elite eight or final four, I think elite eight, I think, uh, 
and that kind of broke my heart. But then Ohio State beating Iowa State, which we were discussing this when you got here. What the hell happened? Ohio State, you could not find a single highlight on this team all year long. They had a losing record in Big Ten play. They were 1-9 and nine against the top 25 competition. And they had a terrible year. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they get in the tournament and absolutely go to town. I did not see that one coming at all. I, that was That was one of the shockers to me. Yeah, guys, what a fun couple of days of basketball. I just it, it's kind of the same. I know probably hardcore basketball fans hate guys like me, but I just watch the tournament, you know, and that's what I, you know, it's just like that with hockey. Like, I'll watch the playoffs, but I just can't stomach regular season, you know. Um, but man, uh, this year's the 12 seed is now the 10 seed, right, JP? So like, Yeah, I mean... In I, the past, it was always the 12 over the 5. The 12 over the 5, and uh, we had three 10 seeds. Uh, well, was the seven. you know, the, the, the one of the games that I looked at that I didn't think... A lot of the analysts didn't think was really fair was the uh, Minnesota-Louisville game because Minnesota coach is Rick Pitino's son. Yeah, Rick, Rick Pitino Richard got fired. Pitino. Yeah, Richard Pitino. Uh, and, of course, Rick Pitino, in the scandal, got fired from Louisville. And now Bill Murray's son is the head coach of Louisville and all of a sudden Louisville and the uh, gopher and or groundhog, if you want to say with Bill Murray came back and got him again outside of Caddyshack. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so he got a little, uh, a little something going on there. Well, I could say with the five and the 12 dudes, it should have been all four. It was only three, but it should have been four. I mean, it Auburn did win, but they won by one point. One point. I, I'll tell you what. The SEC coming down into that tournament, and I mentioned this uh, last week and the week before with the tournament going, I really got to see what Tennessee does, Kentucky does, and um, Auburn does because they're all beating each other. I don't like that. I mean, I like personally, I like UNC and Duke right now. I mean, the SEC teams, Mississippi State screwed me. I mean, they got absolutely routed. And I think Oregon was probably the easiest upset to pick in the whole first round for me. Oh, yeah. I saw that matchup, and I was like, they are such a better team than Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've actually I, got Oregon going to the Final Four. I got the, Yeah, I got them eight, I think, Final I, I, they, eight. They, they started off well. They, they faltered in the middle of the season, and they had to win their way into the tournament. They're playing some of the best basketball right now. They've yeah. got a lot of good athletes up there. Yes, they do. So do you guys know offhand, and I, I realize you probably don't. I don't know if you did more than one bracket, Nate. Uh, I, did I did three. So I just did one in my fantasy owner's league, basically, because I, don't, I only had enough money to do one, so I didn't want to do anything. And I, there was going to be less people in that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I heard later from one of the other entrants, they're like, oh, no one in the league ever pays. So it's like, oh, well, of course I'm going to win, <laughs> so I won't get any money. But do you guys know how many points you have if you're doing it through ESPN? You know, this is the first year I didn't do it through ESPN. There's a there's a there's a place down by my house called the Hound. They were giving away a fifty dollar gift card. So I did. I usually do like I used to do Mike and Mike first take all those. I did one this year. My my bracket of um, integrity right here. <laughs> I did one, and I said I'm going to stick to one, so I don't have to look at eight different brackets throughout the no, whole I like I like the one. I usually do one, but, but you I know. Just- they have they have a new GM down. This is the uh, this is a burger night on Monday nights where it's it's like a seven dollar cheeseburger and fries. It's it's just right there. It used to be City Burger or City mm-hmm. Pop or, or City Pop. I'm sorry. Right. And then it changed to the Hound. It's easy to get to. It's nice inside. They're friendly. But um, I right. did theirs just because the, you, you win a fifty dollar gift card. 
So, but I'm not sure how many points I actually have. ESPN, is that what you're looking at? Yes, sir. So I've got 200. Okay. And, but you have three teams, you said, or three leagues, right? Or three brackets, or just but one the bracket? the other two three? are a CBS. I got you. Yeah. I, got you. I don't know if they score the same or not, because I thought it used to be like 4-3-2-1 or whatever, but now it's, it's 10 points per game in the first, because I'm at 250. I'm in second place in mine. It's one of the better starts I've ever had, but I tell you what, that Ohio State beating um, Ohio, Iowa State really hurt, man, because I had them going deep, and I know you had a team that got knocked out early, right? Nevada. Yeah, and they, yeah, how how far did you have them going? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to fit pretty far. I think you had them in the final four. I think I did, too. Yeah, I did. I had them in the final four. Wow. Against Duke. So, let's no. see. Final four, I have Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan, and Duke. So, I didn't go out on a whole lot of limbs. Just one, really. But, you know. I had Duke, Michigan, UNC, Oregon. Wait, same again? Uh, Duke, uh, Michigan, UNC, Oregon. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot of the same. So you and I have three of the same. I'll, I'll three tell you what. Ones, right? I like Nevada at the beginning of the season. They got it as highly, I think, high, as highly ranked as sixth or seventh in the country. Yeah. And they faltered in the well, middle. And they were so successful in the tournament last year. And they they were. returned all their starters. Mm-hmm. That's so huge. That's why I kind of, that yeah. was like my big pick. But I had Duke, Nevada, and then Virginia and Kentucky. So, I mean, my other three are still alive. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens in the second and, round. And you have to take really, you have to take one dark horse making the final four. It doesn't have to be a low seed, but someone that's not an expected winner. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're just going to end up finding yourself when you get to the Elite Eight that you can't win because everybody above you has all the same picks as you. Right and now. that's the other thing is you have to pick a winner that nobody else picks. Right. Too. You have to go out now on that a limb. I, now that I don't agree with. Because if you get into that final game, you want to make sure that you have someone that's plausible to win it. Oh, yeah, Because absolutely. a lot of times I've gone into those and I pick the upset team to win the final. And you get to that last round and you are close in points. And then you just realize how silly it was because the, the favorite guy just blows them all out of the water. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I disagree too, but, or with you. Um, I'm in the in the CBS pick and pool with the guy that we've been doing for going on 10, 10, 11 years. And it's like 50 to 60 people usually. So it's pretty, it's pretty hefty and you can have up to three brackets. Nice. So there's a nice payout. And, and it's a pay league. Oh yeah. You got to pay up or? front. So to get a bracket, to how, get access. How many brackets do you buy or how much is a bracket? Uh, 10 bucks a bracket. I like that. I like so, 10. Yeah. I like 10. Three, it's 30 buck buy-in. Yeah. So I did two. I didn't do three. I just figured it was too many to manage. I kind of did one for me and one for Joanna, but um, I picked Gonzaga in one, which I think, you know, it's not like this total um, out of the blue pick. They are, they are a number one seed, they but beat, most they people beat Duke and Maui. Yeah. The of the year. Yeah. So, but a lot of people are picking either Kentucky, North Carolina or Duke. Those seem to be like the three big ones. And for whatever reason, uh, they were getting left out. So I picked them and I think I'm only like one of four people and out of like, you know, 50 plus that picked them. So that's, and, and I think that gives you a big advantage if they're in the finals and nobody else has them, mm-hmm. that's when you score a ton of points. Oh yeah. And at least most pools, how I work as you go along, you get more points. And I, I see what you're saying in the other, you know, the other divisions, if you have those right like everybody else does it's hard to gain ground and that's how you gain ground that is how you gain ground yeah. so i try to gain ground in like the elite eight that's where i try to make up well things because like, if i'm not in it i'm not going to be in it yeah. yeah and that's that's fine too and i think you know the, the really the real way to do it is to do is have success in the first round 
Absolutely. Because that's when you just, there's so many matchups, right? Even though the points are small, they add up to like the most. And I think more than that, it's anything that you lose in the first round or even the second round, as long as it's not someone you have going deep into the tournament, that's where it keeps you from getting in trouble. Yeah. Because when you have that one team that gets knocked out and you have them going all the way to the elite eight and you're like, wow, I just lost 65 points, you know, however many points for three weeks, you know, I was, I was trying to get into the Berkshire Hathaway, um, pool but you have to be an employee oh what's the payout on that uh like two hundred thousand yeah. two hundred fifty thousand oh, wow. i was gonna say like point zero 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 one percent of warren buffett's uh, net worth i'll take yeah, it right? i'll take it please it's still more than the three of us will make combined in our lives <laughs> hey now i expect to still be a millionaire i don't know about you um a millionaire that is a fraction of what that guy is <laughs> very true but you said we'd never make it i plan on getting there no I have faith in you both. <laughs> oh, what do you got there? Oh, I'm just trying to plug in here. Oh, your phone. Yeah. Do you want me to? You want me to? Do you have a thing on the back? You can just do this. Oh, yep. Very cool. I like that. Man, your phone is always super low on power. Mm-hmm. You need to get you a. Do you have a car charger? Mm-hmm. Why don't you plug it in when you're driving? I do. Oh, wow. And it's still all that low? Well, last night I fell asleep on the couch, so I didn't charge the phone. Oh, yeah. that'll happen. Man, I tell you what, I told you when you, you know, when I, when I left after a house sitting for you, that couch, man, I don't know what's wrong. What's with that couch, but that thing is like a sleep magnet. Either that, or I'm a lot more tired than I realize, and I just never no, lay down. Dude, I told you, that's the only thing I've spent more than $1,000 on in my life that I, I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, for whatever reason... A couch is so personal. It is. is. You know, it's a really personal thing. Uh, I mean, like a bed, you know, like, I don't know, Joanna's a bargain shopper. She wants to buy, like, a couch at the restore. like, And I'm like, somebody else slept on that thing, you know, or how knows how many people, like, were on it. And I just just can't. How many people were on it and doing what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to pick up thrush from a used couch. How how many many scenes on video camera were shot on that couch? Right. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you turn on border bangers. Hey, I just don't trust it, man. I want, you know, and so I, you know, I finance the couch, man. So we're crazy, but uh, we we have it paid off and uh, it's getting some usage. So. I, I fell asleep all three nights that I was watching your house yeah. and I, you know, and, and Carl was always happy as soon as I laid down on the couch. Cause he would just be like, Oh sweet. I'm going down by the feet and getting to sit on the blanket and getting warm and toasty. And yep. you know, it is funny how they've kind of switched roles. Cause your one dog used to like to be on the floor and the other one wanted to be on soft. And now they're like backwards. The other one wants to be on the floor all the time. And Penny, when we had Penny, you mean? Yeah. Penny, yeah. Penny now wants to be on the floor a lot. And when she first, Oh, when Betty I first knew her or Betty. Yeah. 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 When I first met Betty, she always wanted the soft stuff. Now she seems to like the floor, and now Carl went from loving the floor to he wants the bed. He's yep. he's, he's reached old man age, I think, <laughs> or not middle age. Yeah, maybe. he's going to be seven this year. So he's oh gosh, he's, he's older than us now. Yep. Finally, wow, he's passed <laughs> us up. Oh, poor boy, poor guy. Um, out of the three twelve seeds that lost or won, excuse me, which one do you think was the biggest upset, or what was the most un- shocking one? I assume it, Liberty. it's not Murray for anybody. Uh, yeah, Liberty, by far. Yeah, Liberty. I didn't think Liberty had uh, enough. To, I mean, I didn't like Mississippi State to begin with, but I didn't think Liberty could, could hang with an SEC. I mean, what is, is, it, is Liberty the, the, the college for, what's his name, that died, Jerry Falwell, or is it a different Liberty? Um, 
Amer- it's, it's, there's American a Christian college that, that he started called Liberty, but I don't know if this is the same one. I'm, I'm not sure because I keep thinking when I hear Liberty, I think of American University, which is on, outside of D.C. I think Liberty is, old, is. That, I think it's older than than, than that college. Yeah, yeah. College. pretty sure. Um, I mean, I guess we say Murray State is not a shock because of the stud they have planned for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that um, Oregon is really a shock. At least I know both JP and I have Oregon going pretty deep into the tournament. Oh, I've yeah, got Elite yeah, Eight going. I do too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, everybody yep. knew that they were a better team than they than their record or their ranking. Suggested. And they had a lot of success last year as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I wonder if that's a much more common thing or, or, or that's why we're seeing so many more upsets and close games is that these people come back uh, a second year because they're not really good enough to go to the NBA. And so you've got these one and done that are always going to be competitive, but they get all the one and done players. Mm-hmm. So these other teams that are returning guys for a second year, maybe even a third, they've got that experience. They've got the moxie. They've got, you know, they're true veterans mm-hmm. and they know how to not get uh, overexcited. Right. Which is huge. I think, yeah, it's a huge edge when you've played in the tournament before. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I even guys like Zion Williamson, I think was, I think he was surprised you know, about the uh, environment, you know, and, and it's a whole different deal. The tournament is, it's not the regular season anymore. It's one and done. Yeah, and it is the one intensity and done. is cranked can up you, a yeah, notch. Can you block are, out, can you block out all the hoopla? Because it'll get you, you know, we just talk about Kershaw, right? Gets all amped up, gets that adrenaline flowing, and the guy can't pitch despite being one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. So how about Taco happens. Smith last night? Ooh. Who's Taco Smith? Taco, Taco Fall. Taco Fall. The uh, the, the seven foot sixer from UCF. Oh, I didn't see the game. You didn't see it. Tracy Wolfson. Tracy Wolf, Wolfson from CBS was interviewing. She had her arm all the way extended and couldn't reach his mouth. Wow. That's how small she is. Yeah. It, he just. It's amazing that how tall that guy is. I dream of being and see, taller. Now, I know you. I, one of you guys had that as an upset. But I don't look at an eight and a nine as an upset. That's kind of a coin flip for me. Yeah. What, I, what, what, what game was that? Uh, UCF BCU. That's an eight and a nine. See, I had that. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I picked UCF. I don't see an eight and a nine. And a nine beating an eight as an upset. That's almost. A, that's, a, that's, that's, that's Those are that's the closest. Yeah. Range. That's. That's not an upset. Yeah, that's I, I did have that one. And th- you know what? Give VCU all the credit. VCU was down by 21 in that game and came back and was in with, I, I think, within six at some point. And then UCF just pulled away at the end. Is that where Shaka Smart coached? Shaka Smart did coach at VCU. Then he went to Texas. Yep. Which one's the Shockers? Uh, Wichita State. Wichita, Wichita State. State. Yes. Yeah, the one. Gosh, I would sure hope they would win one day. Somebody give you just, a shocker just so, last just night? so they could have that, <laughs> or just so they could have that symbol on the shirt, you know, that they have, you know. And that. you know, just for UCF, because I mean, we obviously know about the football runs they've been on, but UCF has Johnny Dawkins as their coach, who's been under Coach K for many a year and has played in the tournament, no and his his son pinky. plays on UCF, <laughs> and he's about five inches taller. What was than, the first than thing Johnny. you said? <laughs> Numb thumb, stinky pink. Numb. <laughs> That's more like hey, Lutheran, you know what? Though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you mentioned Stinky Pinky, I could go back to a story way back. <laughs> it's up to you. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'll it over, and if you want to, you can share it uh, oh. when, we, when we move to a different sport. <laughs> we might have to turn the – that one might have to be off the airways. That's funny. Well, so, <laughs> guys, so, so we talked the 12-10 seed. The biggest upset in the tournament was UC Irvine, right, beating yes, Kansas State. I had the Anteaters. 13 seed yeah. over a 4 seed, right? Uh, and they won 70-64. to 64. And, and that was their first tournament whenever. Yes, and that one hurt, man. That's three rounds of losses for me for Kansas State. Yep. 
Now that's that's a game where a lot if you if you talk to some of the analysts, they like that going in. UC Irvine has a lot of good shooters and is not afraid to put the ball up. Kansas State was on a little bit of a downward spiral going into the last part of the season there. And uh, there was one other analyst I know that picked that one. Uh, a lot of people tried to stay away from that one, but I like I said, I liked that matchup for them in mm. that region. So. No, it's been a great tournament overall. So you guys have to help me with this one because I've been slammed with work this week, and so I haven't had much time to spend watching. What actually happened with Tom Izzo that's been such a huge spark plugger hoopla? Okay, so um, his name is the the, the kid's name, and I'm not sure if he's a freshman or not. Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry. He apparently was going kind of lazadaisical back on a play, and Izzo called a timeout, and I don't think personally, when you look at this video, you have to look at the video. Izzo almost looks going over the line, almost ready to hit the kid and had to be kind of restrained by players at more than one occasion. I don't think he crossed that line close to that line. And a lot of people, I mean, we're too, um, our skin is too frail these days. You know, you, if you're going to play for Tom Izzo, you got to know the kind of coach. It's just like Roy Williams on the sideline for UNC. He's going to coach. He's going to get in your face. He's going to dog it. Yeah, you can't dog it. And Izzo was fired up at this kid. You have to watch the. Uh, uh, you have to watch the. Favorite. There has to be a history there. There has to be because a, why? First of all, this guy's coached basketball for what thirty, forty oh, years. Geez, forever. Okay. Have we ever seen this kind of behavior from – there's been some times where he's gotten heated, but, but not, I don't think anything ever on the scale of this. I, I've never seen Tom Izzo that heated no. in a game. That's how Especially at, at his own player. Yeah. Right? So I, I think there's some history there, and I do think Izzo's trying to protect the kid right now. I don't know if he said something or if there, you know, something more to the story, I think. And, and Izzo doesn't want to say what it is. And so he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and I think he did, he, he did not apologize after, yeah, at, at I, the end of this game for it either. Yeah. I think he's trying to make a statement to the kid, to the young man mm-hmm. and to his team, but also say, Hey guys, you can trust me. You know, I'm angry for what's happened here, but I will protect you, you know, and I will and take that to my grave, you know. And, oh, and, he, guy, and, and you have to remember, Izzo just got bounced in the first or second round by mid, what is it, Middle Tennessee yeah, State but like I, a year or two ago. I think you know? the team rallies behind him, and boy, they could make some waves. I've got them going pretty far. Yeah, they're they're that's a good team. I completely agree with you, though. That that I just that skin is so thin. It's yeah. like, come on, some some you know, it, these are kids. Sometimes you need to yell at a kid to get their attention, you, you know, do, you do. and you're talking about a huge moment. You're like, Hey, if you screw up now, you're not just screwing up a game. You're not just making a little screw up in your time. You're screwing over all of your classmates that aren't coming back next year. You're screwing over your school seniors who are not mm-hmm. coming back. You know, they want, you know, this, I mean, I, we can debate whether or not sports should be as important as they are in our society. But the fact is, if you go to a school and your and your school has got a chance to win a title in one of the big sports, it is a big deal. It causes a lot of excitement. We know from here, what does it feel like when the Rockies make the playoffs or the, or the Broncos make the playoffs or even with the Nuggets making the playoffs to a lesser degree, you can feel the energy in the city. It does cause, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it causes a lot of good energy to flow out. So I understand that saying, Hey man, you dogging it on this game, you know, especially being a first round game. Yeah. That's a humiliation. That's not just a loss. If we lose, that's a humiliation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should have probably, we had a chance to have been a number one seed and you're making it look like we don't care if we're here. So, Hey, I, I, I it just reminds me of Bob Knight really. And yeah, I like Bob, Bob, Knight. Bob took it a hair too far. 
<laughs> he did. He did. Bob Bob Knight reminded me a lot of one of the teachers I had in high school, mm-hmm. and he's still one of my favorite teachers because at least I knew he really, really cared. Yeah. That we uh, we learned what he was teaching us, and mm-hmm. you know, hey, when, when you know, I guess it's kind of like the battered wife syndrome, though, right? Because if the guy hits the player, then you're like, well, then you then you can't go back, right? So. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I tell you what, guys, look it up on YouTube. I guarantee you'll you'll find it. Tom Izzo, first round, 2019, and you could you could look it up, make your own opinions. Like I said, he came, he was on that line, but he didn't cross it. Yeah, um, I agree with JP. Yeah, as well. he, yeah. It, it was heated. It was definitely heated. Oh yeah, <laughs> make heated no is, about it. Heated is an understatement. Yeah. So they played today. Mm-hmm. At well, it's 7:45. I don't know if that's Eastern. It's probably Eastern uh, I time. I think everything's listed on. Yeah. Was, which which are you on ESPN? I think yeah. it's all listed as Eastern. On Borderline ESPN. aggressive. Yeah, it was very aggressive yeah. because his players and coaches grabbed him more than once to put him back in his chair. Yeah. Tom Ezzo back in his chair. Yeah, I just I I do I really believe there's some history, whatever it is. And you know the coaches might have been trying to make sure he didn't get a technical. That's true too. You know, and be like that really screws us over now because how many times you see that in football, right? You're like, oh, you yeah. got a good shot, and then they get a tech or yeah, a a five point then, uh, swing, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, there we go. Um, so they play Minnesota, your 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 boys, well, I guess Joanna's boys, I would say, um, today at seven four or it's five forty five uh, our time, and so it'd be interesting to see how the player reacts if Henry, you know, is putting out a serious effort. Maybe, hey, are, uh, is it Minnesota they play? That's what I said. Yeah, they yeah. play Minnesota. Okay, yeah. So you, you got an obvious Big Ten matchup right there. Mm-hmm. These two teams know each other very, very well. Yeah, Minnesota's going to have a tough time. Yeah. Give you a shot at an upset, but, uh, you know, I mean, I just I just think it'll be interesting to see how Henry reacts if he comes out and he's playing full steam and, you know, super hard. Or if say, he well, plays at all. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the other question. He could be sitting on the end of the bench. And he may he, not play a minute. And if he's sitting there with the half circle uh, blackness around his eye, then we'll know uh, how things were settled in the uh, in the in the locker room. So I think we're good on the uh, NCAA tournament. Unless you guys had anything else no, just you his, want to jump his, into. Hizzo to the Izzo. Hizzo to the Izzo. <laughs> yeah, I watched Duke for just to kind of wrap things up, but I, I watched the Duke game last night just for a little bit. Maybe this actually almost the second whole half. But uh, man. That Zion Williamson is unbelievable. Yeah, just take over. Unbelievable, dude. The energy that he plays with, and and I mean, he is all over the floor. And they've got Bolding back now too. Bolding hurt his uh, knee in the uh, yeah. In the that's North a, Carolina that, game. that's going to be a tough team to beat. If they, it, it is, if and that's why that's else. why I look when I look at the whole tournament. I, I mean, obviously uh, Zion only played 36 minutes in the one game against NC. NC won both regular season. They only lost by one in the tournament in, in the ACC tournament to Zion and Duke. That's why I'm looking at those two teams with the failure of Tennessee and Kentucky coming down to the wire and the onslaught of Oregon coming on late as the ACC and maybe the Pac-12 out of nowhere have some of the best shots at this along with the Big Ten and, and Michigan State. Hey, I would love to one day see a Final Four with no one or number one or number two seeds in it. That'd be the most fun tournament in the world. We might have had that just a couple years ago. Did we? I'm not. I'm not. Off the top of my head, I, I don't remember. remember that one crazy. Did, well, year. there was one year that Butler made it in there as like a six seed, At something least. like that. And almost beat somebody. But I mean, Duke, didn't they? I, I'm not 100 100% sure anymore. But I know we had some lower seeds in one of the final fours, the fours in the past ten years. Yeah. So, um, you made me think of one other thing. Um, eh, it's gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, that brain cell's done. <laughs> well, say love, say love there's going to be some great games today and yeah, some great is. games tomorrow. So put your TV on. Uh, you know, if you're making lunch or doing some chores around the house, throw it on the radio. 
uh, it's just been really fun to watch. Uh, these kids are intense and, uh, it's, it's some incredible talent. I, I've, Great tried, I've tried to listen here. to radio, but boy, it just does not work with basketball for me. I just, I, I guess because you can't see the shot. If you can't see the shots, it takes all the excitement out of the game. Yeah. Baseball is made for radio. Yeah. They really, Football, if, yeah. Football's okay because you know, when there's, when there's a great okay. play, you hear the excitement, you, you hear the, the announcer getting, the, getting more and more excited as the yeah, play goes yeah, on. I agree. With it's basketball, okay, it's just a, all you've got is a Greg Nance, Aha! you know, when he makes a dunk, that's about it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was looking on uh, throwing bets on Duke yesterday, or uh, I threw a bet on Duke yesterday, and I threw a bet on IU for today against uh, Arkansas in the NIT, and I decided to look at the futures for baseball. wanted to see if I could bet on the uh, Dodgers to win the World Series or whatever, and they don't have that yet. They have most wins you can bet on, prop bets, but they don't have futures yet for baseball. I guess they're waiting until opening day to do those, but uh, I was looking at some of the awards, like, you know, what bet for uh, uh, M- Cy Young and MVP and how many homers is so-and-so is going to get, how many RBI is so-and-so is going to get. And I came across the rookie of the year for the AL. I was shocked to see that Vlad Guerrero had a, has worse or has a lesser payout than Eloy Jimenez, even though Eloy has been granted, given the starting job. He will be playing on day one. I just thought he just signed a contract, just signed a, yeah. a new, like a record breaking contract for, yeah, for his age and everything. Yes. Yeah. And, but he, but he's been given the starting job. So yeah. he's going to be there on opening day. What are the odds that Vlad coming up in June is going to pass him in stats? Just doesn't seem possible. No. Does it? Uh-uh. And I don't think Vlad's coming up until June, especially with he got the injury. So he's still certainly not going to come up until at least. You no, know, I mean, over the long haul, no, but I, I think in people's heads, you know, as long as he can outperform Jimenez while he's up, I'll take win. I'll take that risk. You know, the first four that he'll weeks. win the excitement vote. Yep, I could see that. I could see that. I just and I surprised. think Vlad might have. I, maybe I'm mistaken, but he might have a little more pop in his bat too. Well, I think skill wise, he's supposed to be above Eloy in almost every way. Mm-hmm. I just thought like I, I just meant because I thought his, his stats were going to trail significantly. Mm-hmm. Like Eloy gets 30 home runs, Vlad gets 22, and Eloy gets 85 RBIs, and Vlad gets you know 66 because of the time. Yeah, has. no, I think it'll be hard for him to catch up. That's going to be, I mean, he's going to miss at least three weeks, if not, it could be as many as six. So you know, barring any setbacks. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a pretty significant amount of time. You know, a guy I've seen guys hit 10 home runs in a month. You know? Oh yeah, we saw so, a guy hit twenty one times. Yes, we did. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun summer, man. You remember that? Was that Sosa? Yeah, yeah. When Sosa caught up to McGuire, mm-hmm. that was a fun year, man. Yeah. Wow, that was fun. I know it was all he ended up with by what sixty eight that year, six, and McGuire had seven. Yeah. And then he hit sixty again. I think he's the only person other than Bonds to hit sixty more than once. Right? I think four times. Did he? Yeah. Pretty sure he did it four times. That's amazing. That you really yeah. realize how juiced and things must have been. I mean, well, he was juiced, and his bat was juiced, and the ball was juiced. Yeah, it's like it's like using a game genie on RBI baseball to to up all the stats up over ninety nine. You yeah. know. Um, speaking of the contract, so we've seen a lot of deals now getting signed mm-hmm. to start the season. A ton of activity over the last like two or three weeks, and I think it's only partly because of the slowdown that they've been seeing and the collusion of not spending money that the owners have been trying to do leading up to the new CBA. But I think that their thought is I get signed now when we go on strike, the fund that pays us will pay me what I'm now making and not the arbitration, you know, or, or rookie salary thing that I'm still making 
come the strike time, right? So I think, yeah, from the from the player perspective, I think from the owner's perspective too, they're like, well, gosh, you know, these contracts are going to be out of control in two or three years. I better sign Trout while I can still afford him, you know, and I'll pay the forty million now instead of fifty three later, right. you know, per right. year. And so they're they're getting a disc good for the players, I think. You know, the team the owners are like, okay, they're a little worried. We need you know, we need to bring our players in and lock them down, you know, long term. I mean, a guy like Mike Trout, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. You want you want to lock him down, but do you want to pay anyone fifty three million dollars a year? You know, they're getting a discount Well, it makes you think that by oh, doing it now. Did Bryce Harper have a hand in it? By talking about how he actively was going to like, I, promote him I coming to the certainly do think to the so. Phillies, and so Angels are like, get him in now, show him the respect he deserves right now. And I saw an article that was yep. entitled, and I didn't have a chance to read it yet, but I look forward to reading it. It was uh, Mike Trout is the greatest ever up to age 26. Will mm-hmm. he end up being the greatest ever? And you know, you look at his stats, and he obviously has you know great stats, but nothing like you don't look at his stats and go, oh, there's Ruth or there's. Barry Bonds level or there's whatever, but it's how consistently he overperforms in each category. And I think what they're saying is long-term, if you outperform all the categories a little bit every year, you're going to end up with an amazing career, even if you didn't have the bright flash in the pan five or six years that some of these all-time greats had. Not to say he hasn't been great. Obviously, he has. I mean, he won an MVP. And he's come close a couple of other times with great numbers, but his numbers are changing. I mean, it, his home runs have kind of come back down to earth. His steals have definitely fallen off quite a bit. And because of the lineup around him, his RBI and run production is down. Well, I, I think something that, that something that hurts him too, is he's playing on the West coast where a lot of the East coast people do not see him day in, day out. Um, they get to see the sports center highlights and his right. stats, but they're not seeing him live. Cause I know that's, Growing up on the East Coast, I know watching West Coast games, you didn't get the real feel for how good some of those players, even if it was football, baseball, basketball, whatever it was, you didn't get that feel for how good some of those players were because they came on at 1030 at night sometimes on the East Coast, and you're just not watching the game. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get balls deep into this thing, um, (laughs) Whoa, Can I think they uh, had a premature uh, release. <laughs> what was Did that, I, anyway? Do I need to move? What was that? Do I need to move? <laughs> Jeez. Um, What's that smell? <laughs> I, let's review the trivia question real quick. Yeah, let's do that. We're halfway through. Yeah, we are halfway through. We're at the halfway point. Okay, so we obviously know Jay Morant just uh, did his triple-double first since 2012. Uh, John Morant had 17 points, 11 ribbies, 16 assists. And an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, who was the last player to do it? It was 2012 in the NCAA basketball tournament to hit a triple-double. And so we're going player, school, you can name the points, and name the team he did it against, too. Because I have it oh, all in there. Jeez, that's, uh, that's a... It's, it's, a, it's a big oh, one. Like I said, it's... I, I know the player, so Nate, you... you try. Oh, you know the player? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Okay, well, I had two guesses. I mean, I'm really trying to think, like who was playing at that time right. and who's a good player now. And, you know, I remember you saying it wasn't maybe someone known for triple doubles, but uh, I, I'd say around that time, I, I, Steph Curry came to mind. Well, that's a really good guess, but you're really close. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah. You, you, yeah, you, you so really are close. I had two guesses. Move and, a couple of positions over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my other guess was Kemba Walker. But uh, oh, that's, that's a good that, that is another good guess. 
Okay, so you said move a few positions over. Is it Clay or is it Draymond? It's Draymond. Okay, yep. yeah. And who do you play for? I have no idea who Draymond played for. State? Nope. Mississippi he actually State? played tight end for a short time, too, for this school. Wow. Um, Akron? Bigger school. Yeah, it's somebody's in somebody. Why did I think? I thought it was South. Mississippi State. Um, you're, you're, it's a state university. Minnesota State? No. <laughs> That's a small state university. <laughs> yeah, that's really small. Colorado State? No, that's uh, even smaller. Well, then I don't know. Then for some reason, that's the name it was. I, well, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Is it North Carolina State? Or no, South? I'll I'll give you a hint. The Hizo to the Izzo. Oh, oh Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State. Uh, and who do they play? So the, I can name either I'll you, one. I'll give you the round. So it's either one, right? I did two of them. He well, this is the most recent. This is, one? this is the most recent one. It was in the second round. And it was against the. Uh, you're never gonna guess this one because I don't even know if you guys know what LIU stands for. LIU, Long Island University. Well, you got that right. All right. But Long Island University of New York, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. And I'll I'll give you a. Why stat. the hell would it be a Long Island school of Brooklyn? I don't you, know, you, dude. The state universities in New York are so messed oh, wait, up and how they're a, called. Long Island is not a is not a bureau or it's not a borough, right? It's Staten Island. It's a borough. right. Or is Long Island one of the boroughs? Well, the uh, it's, it's I don't know. No, no, it's just, Bronx, it's, Manhattan, Manhattan Yeah, I don't know. What's, no, the, fifth, but, what's the fifth one? Uh, I forget already. But but like the state universities in New York are called SUNY State University, of New York, uh, Lindbrook. Mm-hmm. They're called SUNYs and and then LUI. But here's what he did in the tournament: twenty four points, twelve ribbies, and ten assists. Hmm. I would have never thought Draymond. Nice little game. Quite frankly, would have, would have done a triple double in a tournament. He's, I, he's had a few triple doubles. In he has. I mean, he's a crazy good player. So yeah, it's he just, is. You know, I mean, like I, I think on Golden State, he's like James Harden was on uh, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. He's not nearly appreciated for how freaking talented he is. He's also a, a you know a powder keg, which mm-hmm. oh, yeah. no one likes that. But, right. But uh, but he sure is talented. Um, when you know, we were talking about the contracts in baseball, so we saw two other ones just last night. Uh, on top of the Eloy Jimenez one, we saw both uh, Chris Sale got a five-year extension for fourteen, uh, uh, one hundred forty-five million, with the Red Sox. That'll he's thirty-one, mm-hmm. so I think they got just the right timing on it. I do if too. He, if he falls off, it'll probably be one year, but he may not fall off by then. I mean, Verlander's still going strong. Uh, Lester was going good until last year. So, I mean, I, th- I think it was a good signing for them, a smart mm-hmm. a smart deal. He gets his a good payday. He stays on a good team that's obviously committed to winning, that he won, his, won a World Series with. That's a great move, as is this other one, the one for Alex Bregman. So, Bregman we've talked about in fantasy. This is going to be an interesting player to draft because his numbers last year are absolutely first-round worthy numbers. Mm-hmm. He's only done it one time. And how much do you want to risk a first-round pick over a player that you don't know for sure can do it consistently, especially injury wise. Guys gotta have tell me tell me how old Alex Bregman is again. Twenty four? Twenty four. What are you singing? Gotta have faith the faith faith. <laughs> I gotta have faith the faith. The faith. It's a good song. Yeah. I can't believe he died. Isn't that weird? Yep. He looked young. Even when he died he still looked young. Yeah. You know? That's what all the Botox and uh and skin cream will do for you, right? So, um, George Michael, Michael George. But uh, but Bregman got five years, hundred million dollars, right on the nose, hundred million. So 
Real nice deal, though. I mean, it's got two years at $11 million and then two years at 20, 28.5 and, point, 28 and 29.5 million. What a steal for the Astros. When, steal when, for the Astros. Tell me and, and it includes, one more time when, um, when the collective bargaining agreement and baseball's up again. 2020. Next, yeah, 2020, 20, isn't it? 2020 or 2022. Oh, is it? I thought it was 2022. <clears throat> Maybe isn't, it's 2022. Isn't that the NFL? 2020. I don't know, guys. We need to look it up. Yeah, I'm not sure. This is why we wish we had an yeah. intern. Um, but that, yeah, it's uh, – well, hey, where, where's my friend Joey Stats? He yeah, said, dude, get he's on. Like, he's like, he's like, you guys need a Stats guy. I'm yeah, like, where's Kurt Wool? Kurt Wool like, always Joey Stats. He, Kurt Wool always said he was going to do this, and he never wants. He never shows up. Darn it. Uh, that would be nice and helpful. Um, but um, so great deal. But what I like about it the most is that Bregman's current contract doesn't st- change. This just adds on to the end of it because a lot of times it's a restarting of your contract. Like kind of like refinancing a house. This one he's going to play this year for that really discounted rate, as it, but he's guaranteed the money later. So it's like here, still still show us what you can do. But I mean, it's baseball, so it's guaranteed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have kickers too. So if you were to uh, finish first in MVP voting those last two years, add one point five million. If you were to get second place in MVP, you know this is part of yeah, the this is in the, it's in the contract. Oh wow! Um, what they a weird thing to on. have in your memory. <laughs> oh, I was just reading it last night. So. <laughs> Uh, they had all-star. If you make the all-star game, it's like seven hundred thousand uh, dollar bonus on the on those last two years. So huh. it can go up as much as like six or seven million more. Yeah, wow. If he, but I mean, accomplishing good things and right. You're saying, yeah. Hey, if you do this for us, you're worth the money. That's why they call it incentive, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got you up here. The MLB um, is up. It's, it's the regular agreement right now goes from 2017 to 2021. Okay, so, so we've got 22 next year. To relax, and then, ooh, boy, I hope they get something figured out before then. That'd be nice. I mean, do you guys well, feel like all these, they're going to do it? Well, all know, these things you know the that are happening right camps. now are good. That means there's some movement. Uh, they're getting along. There's some deals getting made. And also, you know, as much as I hate Rob Manfred, I like it that he's willing to try some stuff. You know, I think some of the new rules that they made, one especially is ludicrous. The three batter minimum is ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw that. That is going to blow that's going to blow up in their face. But I love the fact that he's willing to make some some changes like that and, so, and go out on a limb. So just since I'm uninformed, are they going to do that in the majors league or are they going to try that in the minors? No, they're doing it in the, the majors. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure I, I yeah, had that, that right. Managers shocked, are upset. Yeah. When you told me that, that shocked me too. I thought they always usually just start something in the international league. Yeah, they'll try it down in, in the international, yeah. maybe sometimes at low class single A. Right. Yeah, you Joe, know. Joe Madden is. Uh, yeah. Joe Madden is upset. Oh, yeah. Dude, Dave Roberts is going to be pissed as hell. I think all of them are. You know, why wouldn't you be? But, I mean, yeah. you saw these in the playoffs, especially in Milwaukee. It's like, oh, no, you change per batter sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that, because I that one batter is so important. I said it already. The, there is going to be a World Series game decided because of this rule. Right. And it, there is going to be some major backlash. Because well, you, okay, let's say you go to the bullpen, you know, to, to, it's a two-run game, three to one, you're up, you bring your guy in to start the inning. You know, he throws, he throw, walks the guy on five pitches, mm-hmm. just terrible, you know, looks terrible, doesn't have his control, you know, none of that. So then the next guy and comes you're type, up. You're a tie ball game in the yeah, eighth inning. Yeah, well, you're, even if you're up, you know, even if you're up two, you have this guy. Okay, then he comes, throws a wild pitch, guy moves to second base. Then he walks the second batter. Right. Okay, at that point, you have to be able to make a switch, right? Right. 
Absolutely. Like why? Well, no, let's say you've got those two guys on, and then there's a there's a then you bring in a guy, you bring in somebody else who's kind of a strikeout guy, and he gets the next batter out, right? So now you got one out, two on, and you're up by a run. So now you've got a, their most dangerous hitter, their cleanup hitter, who's a left-hander coming up. So you bring out your left-handed specialist out of the bullpen, this guy that has a great matchup record against this guy. The guy hits 200 points lower against lefties, so you got to make the change. Then he gets the guy to ground into a, a, a fielder's choice, so it's still two men on, or maybe maybe the ground out, get him at first, right? So now it's second and third. So you're still in danger of blowing the thing open, and but then you bring up, they bring up, they change their batter to a guy who just crushes left-handed pitching, and you can't you can't correspond. That's you're taking the, the strategy, chance out of the game. That's where the strategy is going to come in, though, is is foreseeing those types of situations mm-hmm. as a manager, you know, because hey, the, later in the inning you know, our big lefty is going to come up and they're going to bring that guy in from the bullpen. So I am going to stack my lineup with right handers in the five, six, seven hole tonight, because I know in the eighth inning, when I substitute, you know, pinch hitter a to, you know, bat lefty against this guy. And then boy, you're going to have this huge advantage I think for, for two hitters. I think you're going to see a lot of top four line, top four batter lineups and the good lineups going lefty, righty, lefty, righty, or righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Yeah. Just to make sure that if you come up to the big moment in the end of the game with your top four hitters, yep. it'll be going back and forth, back and forth. I, that's what I would do without yep. a thought. But I mean, you, you also got to think about some of the people like that are specialists, like you said, Right, like you bring this one lefty in to face this one hitter. That's a, and that's all he does. What are the what's going to happen with those guys? You know, like their value and, and goes does down it, a ton. Does it circulate innings or, or circumvent innings? So if you if a guy comes in and pitches the last out of the seventh, does he have to pitch the first two of the eighth? Yes, or it's a three batter minimum. Even even over innings. Mm-hmm. See that. So what if there's what if there's a rain delay for an hour and a half? Okay, now that I'm not sure about. Yeah, I, I think I'm, rain I'm delay. I think rain delay. They do have the option to switch. Okay. I, in fact, I'm almost positive. But yeah, I think you're right. There's there's going to be a game in the playoffs, if not the World Series, decided, or, or not maybe not decided. I think a number but, of yeah, I do. I do. But think you're going to so you're going to see managers be, going. Well, I was really my hands were so tied. I, I know that's why we, it was a mistake. But I, there's nothing I could do about it. Right. Right. I don't like that rule at all. I but I will agree with you. I like trying things. I haven't been a super fan of what he's accomplished so far, but yes, at least you're trying something. At yes. least you're trying to make changes. I understand this is a try and speed things up, right? Yeah. I just wish they would have done something like this in the minors first, you know, like to throw a rule this That's dramatic. Like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this dramatic. This is a big change, guys. You know, big change. Dramatic. And I yeah. think, yeah, it's huge. I think, you know, his, his thinking is I got to get rid of these openers. <laughs> right. No, I'm serious. Right. I think that's his thing right no, now. No, I think I want right. to go back to a little bit more of a traditional game. You know, for me, it's get rid of the shift. Oh, get rid of the shift. I don't like telling baseball where they have to play their fielders. I just don't. I I think that would just make things a lot better. More a lot offense. more hitting. Yeah. But. I don't know. I mean, it, isn't that kind of the whole thing about baseball? You can play anybody where you want them to play. I mean, you can play them all in the outfield for, for whatever. But no, I I hear you. Yeah, I don't know. 
You remember I, the team we used to play in softball? They always played five infielders against us. One guy right behind second base, yep, right? And yeah. they, it hurt us. Oh, Killed man. Us. Yeah. So many of us hit the ball right over the pitcher's head. That was yeah. kind of our milieu. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was tough. Um, but you know what? Do, do changes, right? Because they've worked well for the NFL. And for all the people, I mean, I didn't like Bud Selig so much as a as a his thoughts on the game itself, but I give him you know, but but he did do some wonderful things, man. We, people don't remember or don't or don't realize happened under his watch, right? The three divisions in, or the four divisions now. Oh no, still three divisions in each league, right? It used to be two. Uh, actually, making them geographical, which they weren't before. Uh, adding adding wild cards to the playoffs, which was way overdue because there's just too many teams to have so few uh, people make the playoffs. So, I mean, those were all really good changes. He also had the flub with the World Series being home field being decided by the All-Star game, right? Which was not fair because a lot of times you got that, that manager who was like, I'm going to try and play every player on my team to make sure that they've gotten to play in the All-Star game when they got brought to the All-Star game. No, your goal was to win. And so you weren't doing it right. But then how many players were playing full speed? Well, I don't. Ha- I actually didn't have a problem with – with the way that was structured as far as, okay, yeah, that's great. Let's make this game worth something so people will come and watch it. But the way they went about it was not correct, you know, because first of all, if that game is going to have that much meaning, who determines, you know, home field advantage, then the game, then the players should not be chosen by the fans. Players Mm -hmm. need to be chosen by a different method, whether that is through, you know, maybe the GMs all get together in the National League and they, you know, hey, these are the guys we want. Or, or the players vote. Or the players vote. Yeah, I mean, that's – it can't – it's no longer an exhibition game. So right. that takes that fan or that right away from the fan, which how about I don't make, have a problem with How about that. you make the stats count against season stats? I just don't think that would matter either. Just one enough. game out of 162 games. Right. That's, that's not, that's a, not right. It's yeah, not enough right. to motivate him, you know. Yeah. Now, I, I, again, I do not have an issue with it counting that way. Just the way that the roster was built was not done correctly uh, in, in order to empower those teams to make the right decisions and things. So, But now, um, now, now question to you is, sure. you know, families take their kids to the ballpark and they used to love getting those little punch. I remember those little punch cards and waiting for the all-star players. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that takes was, that out of the game. But you're, but you're right. And that's what I'm saying is, is it an exhibition game? That's the thing. Is it? Okay. Cause if it is, then you're, then you're right. A hundred percent. Right. It's a fan's right. Let's see. Yeah. I want to see these guys on the field and that's right. their right. And I think, great but if that's the case and that's how the players are decided then it has to be played like an exhibition game you know which is how i think it's been played for so many years before the change (laughs) right right you know had he you know made a change and players were chosen in a different manner as i said i think that it would have made it more fair and and more exciting and people wouldn't have questioned the thought process as much now the way that it went down is just yeah it didn't it didn't work out it doesn't make sense yeah yeah when i say a flub i mean like public opinion or or consensus opinion or whatever i actually didn't mind it either but i just know that that was that was like a big thing that people wanted changed really early on and only because it was obviously the fans for the teams that made the world series that were like hey we got screwed because we had a better record you know so i I totally get where they're coming from i didn't mind it myself now one possible solution would be to go back to how it used to be in the 60s and you had an all-star game at the mid-season and you had an all-star game at the end of the season 
and say, hey, the one in the middle of the season is going to be picked by the players and by the managers voting, and those teams play off to decide home field advantage. And then two weeks at the, after the end of the major league season, we have an exhibition baseball game, and that, that was by the fans. That works well for everyone except the players. Yep. Because if they one yep. of them gets hurt in one of those games, yep. not a good thing. So, you know, again, those are the things you have to take into consideration. But, I mean, right? they could get hurt in the All-Star game in the middle of the season, too. Well, but you had a whole other game. A whole other game is a whole other opportunity yeah. to get injured. I'm yeah. just saying that, you know, yeah. any increase in – Impossible injury for the player They're not going to go for that And we all know how the players union is And right. how strong they are we do. So you know, I just don't think that's something that's feasible yeah. But yeah. again Great ideas by Manfred You know, And I, I, I hope we continue To see some evolution in baseball Because if we don't it is in trouble Yep Yep, got to keep it exciting, and and I get they they really want to speed the games up, and that would make things so much more exciting. I think you know what include it's, technology, right? The technology thing, and I know that they're going to bristle at it because they're still the last generation that's going to be like, no, don't do that. But I mean, you think about some of the yeah. sport, like we sporting just need to put games, cyanide in their drinks. the video video games that have come out, you know, like where you could have walls that were hit like in the sky and you could have little bumpers, you know, and you could, you could do all sorts of weird things to make it a different game. And yeah, then all of a sudden you're not comparing the stats and everything, but you know, what, what did Billy Bean say in that money ball, right? Adapt or die. Absolutely. And look at the NFL and the NBA. They are so different than what they were. Oh, yeah. even 10 years ago. You know, I mean, how can you compare the passing stats with in the last 10 years to any time in the, in the past? You know, there was – for any guy to throw for 4,000 yards before 1980 was unheard of in a season. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it hadn't happened. Yeah. You know, okay. It was a so, huge deal when Marino did it, right? Well, yeah. And now guys are throwing for 5,000 yards multiple times. It's yep. expected. Yes. So – For a breeze. It's, <laughs> it's a different game, okay? And and that drives me crazy. Like, we've talked about this before where athletes now it's not just being an athlete, it's a lifestyle and everything they do revolves around this being an athlete. And so I think we are so much more competitive and um, you know, whatever these days with, with our bodies and and everything. So I think that, uh, you know, they need to, uh, I'm trying to articulate what I want to say, but making these changes is, is a good thing. And I think, you know, continue down this path is going to make baseball evolve and they're going to continue to keep their fan base. Well, so I'll tell you what, just th- yeah. let's just think back. Cause I remember there was an article written um, when all the riots and stuff was happening in Baltimore and they didn't let anybody in Camden yards. Mm-hmm. That game went like a half hour faster than any game that year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, obviously that's a big thing guys, right. Is the speed of the game because you don't want to take your kids to a game that lasts four hours, you know. I I've, like, wait a minute. End of it. So you're saying yeah. that the game that they that that they, was not played in front of fans? Yeah, that the game they did they they shut the they shut the doors because Baltimore was that they were rioting there and all that. There was some bomb right. threats or something. Yeah. Yeah. There so some there was no one in the stadium and the game was, was like that a half after hour the Boston Marathon bombing. I'm not a hundred percent sure. No, there was sure. riots over that oh, one guy. Was yeah. that Freddie? That's right. That got yes. But yes, so, you're right. So I guess the question is, so was the reason it went so fast simply that there wasn't commercials? I, I don't think there wasn't commercials. Or was or, I mean, the game, there was, was a, the game on TV? I, 
that's a really I don't remember anymore because this is now four or five years ago. Yeah, this um, is, but yeah. I, I remember they they said they they timed and they said it was literally a half hour faster than any just game that year. Think about just the, the little amount of distraction they have, like fans cause. You know, like if there's a foul ball, the camera is panning to follow that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to see what the what happens with the fan or whatever, and that takes mm-hmm. away whether it's seconds or you know maybe even a minute that adds up over the game. So if there's nobody in the stands, a foul ball, hey, they're not even watching that thing land. No. I bet you know, hey, give me the ball, let's go. You know, well, I've been and there's no showboating of any kind. Right, I've been right. to Coors Field when the Phillies were here, and it was almost a five-hour game. Yeah, by, at that time, game. it's just like. I'm like, I don't want to leave, but it's just like... And again, that comes God. with multiple ch- pitcher changes <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And I understand what they're trying to do with it. But I just wish a rule this dramatic, I wish they really would have tried it out mm-hmm. first. It, it, it would have been smart to do it in, in low class A down in single A ball, low yeah. class A, yeah. and, and tried it out down there. I mean, this last year's World Series was obviously not that exciting because Boston, when Dodgers kind of blew it, when they had some shots early... Uh, the whole, they just kind of the whole thing unraveled and it wasn't very exciting, even if some of the games were close, but that Houston Dodger world series two years ago, that was incredible. That I mean, was a great I watched world series. every inning of that world series and I was mesmerized and I don't usually get mesmerized by baseball. It was so Love back baseball. and forth. So were the, yeah. so were the, the Cubs in the Cleveland world series was pretty dang good too. Mm-hmm. Same way. Yes. yes. So, I mean, it does show you that there's nothing wrong with longer games and being exciting, but there was the frustration I went into, which was I got to be at work at seven. I got to be up no later than like 545, maybe six if I want to push it. It's like, you know, and I don't even have much of a drive. And it's yeah. like, man, I don't want to have to stay up yeah. until 1130 to see the end of the game. And you're in the middle, in, you're in the Rocky Mountain area. Think about right. these people that have to go to Dodger Stadium at five in the afternoon during rush hour right. to get yeah. to the World Series. On the plus and, they're, side, and they're playing how much for a ticket? On the plus side, if you're in California, you aren't working before 9 a.m. So well, you got time to sleep. <laughs> I, I also think MLB could take a page out of the NHL book and do something about extra innings, whether that is, mm. hey, batters are going to get one pitch. That's it. It's either Wouldn't a ball it's either a ball or a strike. <laughs> That's it. If it's a foul ball, you're out, you know, and let's just throw one pitch. I think that would just be awesome. I well, would I'll love tell you to what, see when, that. When the NHL like came out fun. with that three-on-three, it was a little like no one knew really how to play it. Now people know really how to play it really yeah. well, and it's really exciting. Super exciting. You know what would be great about the one pitch in the extra innings? is you wouldn't go through your bullpens or destroy your bullpens to play extra innings. I know. I mean, you'd throw five pitches, maybe eight pitches an inning. Yeah, let's write know? a letter to Manfred. I think it's that's a great a cool idea. idea. That's, I'm sure you, I'm guessing you got that idea from softball, right? Yeah. That's how we play it in yeah. softball. And they start with a man in scoring position. Yeah. Let's do that, too. Oh, there you you go. Know, let's really make it. Yeah, they the start with over. a man on second base. Yeah. yeah I don't know if you necessarily need to do that. Maybe start just, him on first. Yeah, I suppose you could try it. Maybe you do that in the 11th. You know, I sure, think or the 13th or something where it yeah, starts to where too you, long. Yeah, I think, you know, starting in the 10th, it's just a normal game, but it's just one pitch. That's it. Maybe, See, that, you know, I think it'd be a cool idea a to strike or a foul is a strike. Make it make it kind of amp up like you're talking. So the 10th inning, it's a normal inning. 
you just like the ninth inning. It gives you one extra normal inning. If you can't do it in that normal, like kind of like the NFL with their overtime, right? Mm-hmm. One normal set of plays, right? Okay, mm-hmm. you didn't score or you, you both scored whatever. Then go to the single pitch, and then if that doesn't work, then like in the 13th, then you switch over to now there's a man in scoring position. Mm-hmm. And then if you get to the 15th, now there's men on first and second. You get to the 18th and on, the bases are loaded. Yeah. You know? I don't see anything wrong with that because everyone knows ahead of time that's how it works, you know? Like, right. you can't really – go into the game being well, like, wait a minute. Uh, how many, what happened there? How many NFL players still don't know the rules for oh, God. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting... The, the confusing was, thing is the playoffs with overtime because it's not... Now it becomes a quarter, right? So if you're in, if you're in the NFL and it's the playoffs and you play overtime, overtime is quarter one. So if oh, you're right. tied at the end of the first quarter... It goes into the second quarter, and it's just like changing sides. Like you but do, it doesn't right? start over. Like it's no, not like you don't get the, it's just like when the transition from death. the first quarter to the second quarter in regulation, right? But then after that second quarter, it is treated like a halftime. So then there is a kickoff and all of that. And then does it, does it go back to the first team possession if they score on a touchdown? It's no. The game's over, and then the other team gets a chance to – No, cause, because once – once, So it stays sudden death. Yeah, it stays sudden death. Thank you. That's a good way to sum it up. Yes. Okay. It stays like sudden that. death the whole way through until somebody scores. But if it's tied at, at after the second overtime, that's halftime. Wow. And it's treated like a halftime. So then if you don't if you have the ball and you're driving yeah. down the field, it's not like it's from the first overtime to the second overtime and you can just let it go. Right. You know, and then you come back out and you were you are where you were. It's like a, kind of like how soccer, right? Works. But a lot of people don't know that about the playoffs and overtime. Interesting. So, and then yeah. of course in the regular season, if you don't, if no one scores in that first quarter, then the game's a tie. Right. And I'll never forget when Donovan McNabb for the Eagles and they had a tie, and everyone was like, "Why were they not rushing? You know, why were they trying to get into field goal range?" And after the game, he goes, "Oh, I I didn't know that the game ended. I thought it just kept going." And it's like it should just keep going. There shouldn't yeah. be a clock. Well, it did. If they were in the playoffs, that would have been right. That was the first year of the change. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was the first year of the change. It might have been the second year, but it was right around the time they made that change. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so that's yeah. why he was like, oh, I wasn't really quite sure. Yeah. So before we forget, I, we do want to make sure we announce these two things about baseball. This is because if you are doing your fantasy draft this weekend, this is important. Uh, two players here that are of value, one of a lot of value. That is Francisco Lindor of the Cleveland Indians shortstop had his true breakout season last year. He's been great for years, but he really broke out last year. He may be a first round pick in your league, if not early second round, he is going to start the day or the season on the IL and it's no longer the IR it is, or what do they call it? DL. It used to be the disabled list in baseball. Now it's the the injury list. list. So make sure you see IL. That means DL. They're now. trying to get politically correct, guys. I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, I don't want to say disabled. Um, let's, I, gosh, I wonder if that's the reason. That would be sad. I'll bet that's part of it. Uh, and uh, but now he is eligible to re- return on April 4th, so he wouldn't miss Basically more than a week. A week, right? Yeah, but th- that does matter. I mean, that's your first week without your, possibly your first or second. Do you know pick. what the injury is? No. I did. I forgot. JP, I read it last stats night. Guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I, I want to say it was. I want to say it's his knee, but mm. I'm not positive. 
Um, Matt Olson, a guy who's kind of, I don't know if you'd say he has a breakout year, but he's definitely been hitting some good homers for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oakland A's first baseman, Gold Glover, no less. He, uh, he broke his hand in Japan in one of those first two sets of, set of two games they played. He had surgery. The surgery was successful, but zero timetable has been given for his return. So might want to look at, I don't know if Stefania Bill does, baseball as well as football injuries if she does maybe go check out her column on espn or go somewhere else and just see what their prognosis is for his return because first base is not a deep position but he's a nice guy that you could probably get at a discount now so that this is one reason i can see where somebody might object to having those games count during fantasy for the first week and this is i've never really thought of a reason before but now this is one because now that you know the player is injured, it does give you an advantage whether to start them or not, right? Yeah, you just don't. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But it gives you an advantage because right. you have knowledge that you didn't have, you wouldn't have had. So that's one reason that I could actually – I understand now where House is coming from. It, it, the one thing that was nice of being the A's and the Mariners, you don't really have top-end pitchers. Not bad pitchers, but right. not top-end. Whereas when it was the Dodgers and somebody else over there, it was like, so you knew Kershaw pitched. And you saw, oh, Kershaw threw a nice seven-inning gym and got a win. That's a 23, 27-point game, maybe yeah. a 30. And you're like, oh, well, you know, hey, that could make the difference in week one. I have always been like, you know what? That's just the, the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, and me too. The draft order is is randomly figured out by the computer. I do it. I do that resetting one hour before the draft, and the innings have or the divisions have been how they always have been, which is even picks and odd picks will be in divisions against each other. What it doesn't, what it does change is the guy who ends up with that player. You get stuck starting against him, and now you know that your first pitcher better have a thirty point start to coincide. So I understand that part of it. Yeah, I guess that's but another reason, too. It used to also be, yep. in fact, it will be this time, too. The, game, the season starts on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday through Saturday. Yep. Or Sunday through Sunday. So it's basically a, an 11-day It's like week. the All-Star week that we do where yes. we do the All-Star games, and then we add the week after that. Right. So it's still going to be an extended week. That's why I don't mind doing those two games. It's like, but you're going to have an extra three games no matter what, and these two teams are going to take an extra two days off mm-hmm. during the first week. So it ends up being the same amount of plate appearances and time. But I guess I can see if you're like, I just don't like it influencing where someone's drafted. No, it's an advantage. If you say it's not, you're wrong because it is. Yeah. Now with this kind of knowledge of an injury, mm-hmm. it's an advantage. So Is I, it a big enough one to do, matter? I don't know. That is the question, right? Is it? It could cost you a week, yep. and maybe that does matter in the end. And as commissioner, so, I am wide open on this so on draft day, which is tomorrow. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little more open-minded now than I was before. I'll just throw out the question before this draft starts and be like, everybody, give your vote right now. It's just going to be a simple, simple majority win. You know, count these two games or don't count them. I don't care either way. So, so Fran- Francisco Lindor has been sidelined from February 6th with a moderate cap strain. It looks like he did take batting practice the other day. So they're day probably the just taking the safe route. Yeah. Because a cast, yeah, I mean. Cap's not, hamstring's the one that would worry me. Yes. Man, I hate those hamstrings. Now, of injuries, course, man. Josh Donaldson had that calf strain, and it cost him two years. So, Boy, I can't even tell you how <laughs> high I am on, on him, him this year. Yeah. yeah. I know you like him, and we're, do. we're going to be I don't in a battle if, to get him. Cause, oh, boy, I don't know if I can have him this year. He like, really stuck it to me last year. He did. Yeah. But, boy, that guy I, I, I love hearing upside. you guys. 
I love hearing how you guys always say that yeah, that guy's fucking. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. That always cracks me up. Right here we don't hold grudges. What are you saying? No, we don't. We don't. It's classic. We don't have bromances with certain players. We don't. Man, I'm gonna end it with man. What again, And we just know and it. What causes it? What is, you know? What I still can't get behind the psychology. <laughs> Why do I like this guy I, so much? Isn't that weird? Why? It's almost like you. There's some positive or negative experience associated with a player. Either he came out of nowhere and someone else picked him up on fantasy and he crushed you, or you don't like their hair color, or you don't like, uh, or you, they have a punchable face. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make nope. any sense. Why do I hate Freddie Freeman? Yeah, I was just gonna Good say player, you don't great like guy, just can't stand him. You don't. You will never draft Freddie Freeman, Ever. and you will never draft I JD think Martinez. You, you, you hate Who? the name Freddie, right? <laughs> Who? JD Martinez. You said you won't draft him either. I won't draft him in the first round. Okay, well, so then you're not getting oh, with right. the name Mark, like Martinez. You could always come back to uh, two live crew songs. Uh, <laughs> let me see you touch the ground. <laughs> yes, yeah, I miss fucking. I miss that group, dude. They were so <laughs> funny. I remember I used to sing "Me So Horny" in sixth grade when it came oh, out, oh, and I didn't really know what they so were saying, what they were singing about. I just thought it was a catchy song. Uh, we got in trouble. We got in trouble on the baseball bus once on junior high for cranking, <laughs> cranking <laughs> little two life crew. The police or what? <laughs> cranking two life crew. Okay. Hood too many people heard it in the parking lot. Wasn't that them that? Did F the police? Or uh, was that NWA. NWA. I'll still never forget how many people had the edited version of Boys in the Hood from, with Eazy-E. <laughs> and he just used to be like, man, this sounds terrible. Well, get the real version. But back, remember that was back in those days when, like, when you couldn't buy tobacco if you were under 18. You couldn't get explicit lyric CDs and movies if you were under 18. Nowadays, you can get it. All you do is just try a couple of times. Yeah, you just, just got to have a phone or a computer. <laughs> Let's well, just say we were trying to something find... down, something up. That's the way we like to, uh. <laughs> uh, 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 uh on the FCC, uh, you can say the word. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Miss those days. Miss high school. That was fun. <laughs> when rap was good. When rap was good. Oh, so um, I think before we, we can leave NFL for the end, because I don't think there's anything super huge to go over. I, we wanted to go over top 10 or top 12 picks in your baseball, kind of the current where you're at right now. And this kind of stems from a conversation I had with Nate over email at work the other day, <laughs> which is I don't know. And Shows it, how hard we were. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was gonna leave that door wide open for you guys. Hey, Mark has to take some breaks in between just destroying his. Brain. Yeah, we got to break up the monotony a little bit. It's good to email back and forth. Yeah, a little. stare at a spreadsheet for four and a half hours and then tell me that you don't need a break. Then yeah. they're done that. So, um, what I was actually trying to get out of Nate was kind of what he saw in these middle picks because. I'll be honest, after the top three, I get really nervous really fast because I don't want to screw. I hate screwing up my first round pick, and I've done it so many times. And so I'm trying to really come up with a top 12, like really make one and be like, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do. But the thing is, it's so hard because I don't know who's going to be there. And it also changes your opinion when suddenly you know your pick, which we find out one hour prior to draft time. And so you suddenly know your pick five. It's not just about who you want to get in the first round, but you got to think, who do I think is going to be available in the second round so I can complement it right? Yeah, I think t- having a top tw- – I'm doing top 25. 
just to get me through the first two rounds. And I can't do that. I, I can't. I don't. I can't definitively name my top twenty-five. Well, I can tell you this. I made my list. I suppose two weeks ago, and I'm probably almost halfway through a notebook. Of <laughs> <laughs> re, re, starting over. Yes, because I look at it this way, like. Um, okay, I've got so-and-so at 16 and at 19, oh man, you know, I like that guy a little bit better, even though I don't like him better than these two. So then I'm popping them up over those two and sliding this guy down a slot. And yeah, I just, I'm doing a lot of, I'm beating myself up over it a little bit, you know, for, cause I really think it's important to have that top 25, like you said, because there has to be a guy that you just go chalk. Like it's like a draft board. Right, like in the NFL. Hey, I have the fifth pick. If this guy's available, this is who I'm taking first, no matter what happens. You know, and I think you have that decision made ahead of time. It allows you to be adaptable a little bit further down the line. Um, but like weird things, like, and I don't know if this happens to other people, but how many pitchers get taken has a huge effect on what I take. Because if I see that there's at least four more pitchers, I wouldn't mind as my starting number one, and I'm picked like I was last year, number three, then. On the wraparound, it's like, you know what? I can now take the hitter I like because three picks later will be my pick again or four picks later will be mine, and they're not going to take all four pitchers. So I'll get one of those four guys, right? So that changes things. Whereas if on your list it's uh, Jacob DeGrom comes right here, oh, no, you know what? I can grab, like I did last year, Manny Machado. Well, he fell too far. Now I'm grabbing a great value before I go. You know, it, 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 is, it makes it really tricky. And – I think it also shows this is where those biases we're talking about come in. So let's kind of just, I've got the top list here from ESPN, right? I mean, and that doesn't mean anything. So give their top 12 chalk and let's start with that. Mookie Betts at number one, Mike Trout, number two, number three is Jose Ramirez. Number four, JD Martinez, number five, Trey Turner, number six, Nolan Arenado. Number seven, Freddie Freeman. Eight, Chris Sale. Number nine, Max Scherzer. Number 10, Jose Altuve. Number 11, Trevor Story. Number 12, Kristen Yelich. Number 13, Francisco Lindor. Number 14, Alex Bregman. Number 15, Charlie Blackman. Number 16, Jacob deGrom. Number 17, Ronald Acuna Jr., Number 18, Javier Baez. Number 19, Aaron Judge. Number 20, Paul Goldschmidt. That seems crazy. Number 21, Giancarlo Stanton. Number 22, Whit Merrifield. Number 23, Manny Machado. Number 24, Bryce Harper. So there's your two first rounds in a 12-team draft. I Just reading that list at least four times, I went, what? You know? But it doesn't mean he's wrong. He could be 100% nailing it for all I know. Uh, so I, let's just go through and let's just kind of uh, – let's just try and come up with as close to a consensus as we can on who the player should be. Because number one, I, I – number one, number two is going to be literally game time decision for me if I happen to get that pick. Number one, I don't know who to take. Mike Trout is the most consistently wonderful player for the last six years. Mookie Betts is the most amazing player the last three, if you take out 2017, which was kind of a weird down year for him. Your, your feelings? I mean, well, I, 
I think the first three aren't as solid as you might even think. I really, it's the first two for me. I think Betts and Trout are the you know one two on. Right. No, that's all I was saying. Was yeah. One and two. Okay. So, yeah, for Jose Ramirez, I think is probably who are people are looking at at number three as kind of the overall consensus number three. Seems to be. Seems to be. He was the top point getter last year. Yeah, I have some qualms with him. He's the guy that I don't like. You know, we talked about a couple guys Mark doesn't like. I don't like him for whatever reason. I just don't – I think last year he was incredible, and I just don't think he can touch that again. Now, I I still think he's a good player. I just don't think he's worth the number three pick. Now, there's a very interesting article, and I, I probably shouldn't share this information with people because I should – I'm not like anybody's going to not listen. Um, yeah. There's an article on CBS Sports that I found very interesting, and it went over the top like 15, I think, that he has. And it goes, what is the risk-reward for your first-round pick? Mm-hmm. And it basically put what their point potential is, what their ADP currently is on average, and then what their projection of a bust is. Ooh, smart article, yeah. So one through ten of is this you – know, and, and it's not like ranked or anything. It's just how, what, how many points out of ten are you in risk factor of being a bust? Mm-hmm. And – it's really interesting. Like Bryce Harper has the highest bust factor and the highest upside. Yep. It says, if you really don't care about risk, if you are doing pure upside, want to score the most points in your draft, Bryce Harper should be the number three pick off the board. I mean, he could pick, he could hit 50 homers. He could, he could have the year he had in Washington and add 20 home runs. You know, in that ballpark, in in that part. Yes. (laughs) And if you were, I mean, you take that MVP season where he was a fantasy superstar. And he could add twenty home runs to that to those numbers. Yeah, I just I hope he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. There is a concern with that. Yeah, I mean, is it how big is it, how big is the concern? I mean, how legit do you think it is? Well, I thought it was you know a little bigger than it was, but then he jacked two homers the other day. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not as big as I thought, but he's definitely risky. You know, I mean, he last year he only batted two fifty something or two sixty. No, he was okay last year. You batted a little higher. It was, no. he was like 260 something. Yeah. Yeah. Two, oh, like, six, but two, it was, it was the two years ago that he was yeah. like 230 something or 240. Oh, huh. so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he was, I don't think he had a good, like, yeah, mm-hmm. he had a good year. Um, it's just hard to take Harper that high for me. So uh, going back to the argument, you know, I see Jose Ramirez again as the number three overall. I get it. I see why people would put him there and JD number four. I, I think I've got Nolan Arenado higher than both of those guys. He's my number three. Um, I just think, well, Arenado's got his new deal. He's now he's comfortable. Doesn't have to worry about it. He did still, even after his really bad start, he ended up still with amazing numbers, most homers. And I think third, most RBIs in the national league. Yeah. You talked a lot about, especially in our fantasy specials about don't get distracted by last year, mm-hmm. know who the player really is. And I think that's a great advice. I, I'm going to try and follow it myself, which is hard enough, mm-hmm. which, you know, it does slightly downgrade Jose Ramirez. But I think it just brings him down to where he was two years ago, which is still very close to elite. But he probably isn't the number three pick. He's probably the number five. And I think Bryce Harper is probably the number six. You know, if you're really going to be measured, you know, but what happens when it's draft time? <laughs> you know, so who who is your number three, Nate? I mean, I'm just I, I just I, said it's Nolan. So it is Nolan Arenado. Yeah. OK, so my yeah, I, that's where after number two, I don't know. I think I go Betts Trout. I really do. I think Betts has the upside, but I have Trout Betts. So 
But like I said, I, that could change for me come draft time. Mm-hmm. I don't really know because whatever one I take is the one I'm sure will have a disaster. So I just get nervous no matter which I, way. I, I think when you hear one and two of, of bets and trial, you could almost do a coin flip for that one. Yeah, pretty <laughs> you could. I mean, especially if you take the last three years' numbers. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, you know, a little bit is – with Trout, you have some – I mean, both of them have a little bit of an injury history, really. Yeah. Uh, but I think Trout's a little bit riskier on that front. You, you, Mark mentioned this, but Trout's running quite a bit less than he was. So, you know, Betts is going to give you quite a bit more steals, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. considering yeah. Uh, his path. And then I think, you know, if you're looking for a little more pop in your bat, I think Trout's going to – be closer to 40 homers and bets will be closer to 25. And then bets so, and, and, and bets has been much healthier the last two years yeah. than trout. And he's trout in a better lineup a too. Games. Yeah. And trout always seems to miss 20 to 30 games. I mean, he really does. And it's I, just, yeah. You know, I had trout last year on, on one of my teams and I know he missed a, a decent amount of games for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to keep checking him all the time yeah, to make sure he wasn't on the DL 10. I just can't believe on this list how late you're seeing players like, first of all, Manny Machado, I get it that maybe he has a down year uh, compared to um, what he did with the Dodgers last year or the Orioles the year before. But, I mean, come on, this guy is and a Trevor, lights-out hitter. And Trevor's story that high? I, I think, it, you know what it is? Trevor's story could could have a true extra breakout and, and hit 50 homers in Coors Field. I mean, he could. You know? But he could also strike out 250 times. What do you mean? Very true. <laughs> Probably will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's I mean, that's yeah. my concern is drafting a guy that unproven in the first round. Like I just could not pull the trigger but on I, Trevor's story in the first round. I like the way this guy's thinking though, because what I think he's thinking is home run and and steal potential together make for the best targets. Early. And why? Li- and, and what lineup do. you're in is a huge part too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, the Rockies are going to have a really strong lineup top to bottom, you know, stronger than well, most Well, except teams. that the Rockies were one of the worst hitting teams in baseball. So will, will they hit for average this year? I mean, they got, they got 81 games in Coors Field. I like my right. chances. <laughs> well, it's like that Ryan uh, McMahon. Yeah. I mean, I want him so much. And I don't even know if he'll end up starting or not. But it's like I really want to pick that player up just for the potential. I mean, you just see it with Rockies players, yeah. man. Potential is there to hit. Yeah, I like David Dahl a little bit. I yeah. think he might have a nice year. Might might finally fulfill the potential we've been seeing yeah. forever. But, yeah, so I think, you know, Mark, you look at those first. There's a little bit of dispute among three and well, four. Okay, so and so, five, uh, so right? So, J.D. Martinez. My whole thing with J.D. Martinez is I feel like he was finally healthy last year, and he showed what he can do with his talent. But I I just don't. I just can't tell myself he's so uh, certain to be healthy again that it's worth taking my not my number one. So, pick. what do you like? What kind of year do you see from him? Is he going to be a thirty homer guy? Yeah, I think he had thirty home runs. I think he bats. Uh, I think he probably drives in eighty-five to ninety runs. Mm-hmm. I think he probably scores seventy-five to eighty runs. I think he has a very nice year. I just think that he'll miss forty games, thirty, forty games with injury, mm-hmm. and he'll produce very well when he's when he's there. And when he's hurt, he won't produce at all. And that, that's, yeah, that's my boy. fear. He's a guy that's just he's, – he's climbing up my boards. I'll say it now. I, I wasn't huge on him to start, but, man, the more I look at the lineup that he's in and, and the more I've looked at the progression that he's had over the last, like, four seasons, this guy can hit home runs. Oh, my goodness. Does he have – he has an incredible launch angle. 
Um, I mean, he's he's kind of your perennial 40 homer guy now. I don't know if he's done it two years in a row, but he's you know he's consider gone up considerably. He has. He's he's the last two years, the one with split between Detroit and Arizona, and the one with Boston. He had 45 and 43 home runs. He had 104 and 130 home runs. Now that 130 home runs was his playing for Boston, having all those runners on base in front of him. RBIs. So. Oh, what did I say? Home runs. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. Wow, that's a lot of home runs. Yeah. Nice little year. <laughs> I was like, yeah. your heart out, Bond. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and his average uh, has been consistently 300 and just a bit above for like five years. And then last year it was 330. So what that says to me is I think you go back two years and that's kind of what I would expect out of him. So again, a good year. If he were to bat 307, hit 22 homers, you know, 68 RBIs, blah, blah, blah. that was playing 120 games, which is kind of what I was saying, about 30 games to 40 mm-hmm. games on the DL. That's what I think you get from him. Not a bad player. Yeah. Not going to disappoint you at all. First round. But mm-hmm. could you get more total points out of your first two picks? And I think that, to me, that's my first two picks really are. What are the most points I can get out of that unless I am taking a slight dip to be dominant at a weak position? Yeah, no, I mean, there's – so again, I think we're proving there's some argument at three, four, and five. Yes. Between JD, Jose, and Nolan, right? Okay, but still, those three are those three make up the next three picks. Pretty, you know, it's pretty hard to argue. Um, so you think it's just kind of who do you want to take in what order? But the, the, the overall players in those picks right. are pretty and then, similar. Sure. Then you're looking at you but know five is trade, where it gets tricky. Trade, yeah. So I agree. So. Once you get past those five, you look at guys like Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer. I am very high on Trey Turner. I did not expect to see a list where he was that high. I was thinking Trey Turner was a nice early second round pick. I took him in the first round last year. I was disappointed. That's why I thought he would be a second round pick this year. I thought he would fall. And, And hence our other tricky thing, which is if you know the other players in your league, where are they going to take somebody? And that's what's so much more difficult. Because yeah. somebody's going to somebody's going to cause a big fubbub in the first five picks every year. Someone takes him, you're like, whoa, you know, look who he took. Like Anderson taking Bryce Harper like three years ago after a bad year. You and, know? and you guys have a league that's been very established for a long time. I oh think yeah, year twelve maybe, and yeah. we've had the same players now for at least six or seven mm-hmm. years. Six, five, five or six years. Yeah, that's a long time to have twelve people show up every yeah, year. Yeah, the core has been together the whole time. I mean, there's like eight, nine of three us years, have... four player pick teams that have changed but yeah everybody else has been there from the start mm-hmm. that's amazing to think too how many people have been there from the very and very that's start. what makes it so fun man I, that's why i like it more than fantasy football and people are so passionate about that league i mean i've had some of them send me messages when like a new person like made a comment i remember when my brother-in-law was on the team and my brother-in-law is a really good player and he didn't like you know cause any hubbub or anything he just one time said i just think the scoring is kind of weird in this league like if you get this many steals and he was talking about juan pierre mm. you know this guy gets you know, 63 steals and he's one of the top 10 players in the league. And like, yeah, right. He's the best stealer in baseball. He should be a top 10 player. And he was like, but that's not how the leagues usually work. And like, well, yeah, this, this league isn't normal. This is supposed to right. be different. Yeah. But, uh, but then after he said that, and like I said, he was just suggesting he wasn't ranting or anything like that. He was having fun anyway. And um, I'll never forget. I got like three people from the league emailed me like privately or directly. And we're like, Hey, what the fuck's going on, man? What are you saying about the league? And like getting like, like, like mad. 
You know, and I was like, it's okay, guys. He was just throwing out a suggestion. Don't worry. I you do know? remember that led to one of the biggest changes that we've ever made in the league. And we haven't made a lot of changes. No. That's been pretty static over the 12 years. But that led to one of the changes, which was originally caught stealing was minus two points. Mm-hmm. And then we decided against uh, that counting for two and, and lowered it to one. Yeah, that was big. That was huge. That was big. So then that's where that where that guy like a you know a Juan Pierre, a D Gordon, or whatever came into play. And our you goal, know? which what we had at the beginning, I think was a good one, and I think it worked. And that was we wanted to make it so you don't just you're not just amazing if you're a home run hitter, because most fantasy leagues, even if you count against the strikeouts, if you hit a ton of home runs, that's all that really matters. It rewards you, yeah. yeah. And we want, yeah, we want we want more a more broad profile, right? Yeah. We want to be able to have a few more players to pick from more avenues to win. Yeah. And that makes it harder. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. We want it to be a hard league to win. Um, Of course, I should make it a little bit easier if I want to win one of these days, but uh, you know, well, we'll see what happens, buddy. I I think I'm going to implore a little bit of a multi-tiered strategy this year. Yeah. Because I, and I'm not afraid to tell you because, I think obviously people are going to do what they're going to do. I don't feel I like I think I'm you know that my, my strategies are set. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's why I always laugh when people are like, oh, I'm not going to tell you my strategy, you know, but it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to copy your strategy. Yeah. I guess maybe it would help if you know, like you're picking before me and I know you're going to player I want or something sure. that that's a little bit of an advantage, but more or less, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm going to adjust my, my strategy based on who I pick, not, pick on who my strategy is geared around. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be flexible. I'm not going to be like going into this thing. Like I'm going to have all steals guys this year, you know, and I'm going to get, you know, Billy Hamilton in the 12th and I'm going to get D Gordon in the ninth and like plan for, you know, these steel heavy guys, because then when you don't get them, it throws a monkey wrench in your plans, you know? And so I think when in the first round, if it's like, okay, wow, I got trout with my first pick second overall, I have all my bases covered right now. Like I could really do any format or any strategy, you know? So my next pick, you know, okay, wow. I got Chris Bryant. Well, that gives me a home run guy, you know, but he's probably going to strike out a lot. So I need to counteract that with a guy that's, you know, going to get on base and be more of a singles hitter and give me some at-bats and, and play. But it's kind of the nice thing that we don't have, we're not a rotisserie league. So you don't have to, you can abandon a stat if you want to, you know, Mm -hmm. you can say, well, I don't care about ERA, but ERA doesn't really matter. Or saves. Right. You can say, yeah, I'm just going to punt and try and get wins. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's interesting that you say that because that's kind of how my strategy has been like two years in a row mm-hmm. and it has not worked out well for me, but you draft differently than I do in terms of opinions on players. So they'll change how your outcome is. Mine is, is much more rigid this year and mine is not based on player very much as it's placed based on position. And I've kind of got a hierarchy per round based on position, which will obviously change on based on who's been taken or what I've gotten earlier in the draft. But I've got a lot of positions, even if I've already got the player where I expect to get my good backup or my good solid, you know, uh, middle infield, corner infield, extra outfield utility player. Mm. And when I plan to get pitchers by mm-hmm. like, I've got to have one of these guys by this time, I got to have one of these guys by this time. And I've given myself lots of leeway on that, mm-hmm. but, I've made sure that I know when I will have a certain player or certain amount of pitchers by, let's say, because I've, I've not done that before. 
and I've too often ended up with pitching that hurts me. Well, I mean, let me tell you, obviously, based on experience, like a rigid approach isn't a bad approach, but it can, you know, make you a little bit tunnel visioned as well. So just be, you know, a little cognizant of that when you're when you're making your picks, because you've got to be flexible a little bit or, you you know, you won't have any success in this league, as you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. I just know that when I don't have this rigid plan, what I find myself doing but is you have to stick to jumping it. to other players. Right. And I, I, I understand that approach because a lot of us do have a plan going into. Th- <laughs> and then as soon as the pressure's on, you're like, oh, I want this guy now. Right. You know, and it's like, right. why are you doing that? You did all this work. And you have a draft board, and then you chose a guy that's three spots below that guy. Why because did you do it's that? It's the same thing as, as playing in the NCAA tournament instead of the regular season. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're excited. All of a sudden, you're... <laughs> no, so the discipline you know? piece of that does make sense to me, right? Because you do want to stick to your plan. So. And, that's what, and, and I feel like I've given myself leeway by multiple positions. But it just it's been very evident. You know what? From rounds five through nine, there's no good blank or no blanks that are worth their draft position. Mm-hmm. And that's why I won't go that direction, you know, but you know, it, it obviously things are going to change no matter what, based on when you find out when you're drafting, you know, your draft position is so huge in baseball, but looking at this guy's list, I was telling you, I, I had two fantasy 12, 13 picks, and that would be getting Bryce Harper and Giancarlo Stanton, which according to this list would be easy or, getting Manny Machado and Jose Altuve. Altuve would be kind of a stretch, but I would be willing to do Trey Turner or, you know, but getting that kind of a, you know, a Machado, getting a second and a third, a second and a third, you know, a third and a short, that would be, I didn't realize it was 90 seconds left in the show. That would be really appealing to me. If you had that, what would you want? If I had what again? If now? you were the last pick, 12 and 13 wraparound. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I think – it just depends who's left, right? <laughs> but I mean, just just if you were just thinking out loud, what would be an awesome pair to get? I think well, I think at that pick, it'd be it'd be nice to get a pitcher, you know. And you probably have your pick of the lot. So I would, you know, I'd like to have a Scherzer there if I could. You don't um, think Scherzer goes a lot earlier than that? He could. It's hard to say. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'd go that combination: Harper, you know, uh, a Lindor, somebody like that. Yeah, Altuve. Lindor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're down to about uh, 45 seconds, JP. Any parting words or? Uh... You know, uh, get ready to watch some really good basketball. And, uh, you know, Kaepernick and Reed, Wall Street Journal said that they settled for less than $10 million. Yeah. Was this over the course of three years even worth it for them? Yes, because all the money. Because they're not going to play. Yeah, but they got all the hubbub and money from other things along yeah, the they, way. They, they yeah, they did. But yeah. it, they would just say that's a, that, that is a just a, a, an insider source. So. Yeah. All right, down to 30 seconds. So, again, folks, uh, if you want to go to our website, we'll make sure to have both episodes of our Fantasy Baseball preview. Some of Nate's videos from YouTube, unboxing wax packs and unwrapping wax packs. Thanks again for listening to the show, and everyone have a wonderful weekend. Offensive. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.